Welcome to The Last City Radio, episode number 35 of the Destiny Day and Looter Shooter Discussions. And I have with me a very well-known guy. The guys definitely have a really cool and awesome crew. He is the host of the Destiny Show podcast, Mr. Boris, a.k.a. Mr. Cornholio. What's going on, my main man? What is up? Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. It's it's kind of weird being on the opposite side where I don't have to <laughs> worry about the recording or editing or any of that stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to talk about Destiny and to hang out. And thank you so much for the invitation and for having me on tonight. Hey, man, you know, I thank you, man. Uh, it's funny because... Um, um, when I saw you, uh, one of my guys, one of my good friends, um, he actually watched your uh, your show, and he was like, "Hey, man, you got to get this guy on your show, man. It he's great, you know. Their crew is great." And I was like, "Okay, you know, let me let me go and check you guys out." And I actually got a chance to watch one of your streams with Scarrow, man. That was actually phenomenal, man. You got to tell me a little bit more about that, man. How did that come together? So uh, podcasting has been something that I've been wanting to do for a really long time now. And um, I want to say since 2016 is when I really wanted to start a podcast. And it was after listening to Fireteam Chat, Guardian Radio, okay, DCP. I believe it was Planet Destiny podcast at that time. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it was really, really great to watch them and to... Also, like having been playing the game since beta of Destiny 1, it has been seven years. I don't think I've ever played any single game for that long. So that was a pretty big driving factor, you know, to want to podcast about a game that we've been playing for so, so long. We weren't always good at podcasting. It took a while to get to a point where I was just you know, comfortable with releasing anything. Um, most people don't know, but we were podcasting for about a year, if not more, and we did not release anything. At that time, Anchor did not exist, yeah. and I did not know how to get a podcast up on any platforms, but also I didn't have the technologies to do it. I had a really crappy smartphone, so the recording quality was pretty bad, and... yeah. I wasn't very good with words, you know, it took me a while to get better. And we practiced for over a year, not releasing anything. Shout outs to Shadow Price for sticking with it. And, you know, that kind of fueled my desire to want to podcast, but I didn't really know what to do or where I could fit in that space. Mm -hmm. And um, I came across a really Pat Flynn, shout outs to Pat. He is my... Salute is one of the smartest marketing people in the world. He's best-selling author and a dear, dear friend of mine. Um, he taught me a lot. He taught me how to start a podcast and how to just get the idea out. He gave me the idea to have guests on the podcast. And we put out a tweet. We had like 50 followers at that time. It was pretty surreal. We put out a tweet and like green eyed music lover, she retweeted it and she 
supported us very early on before we were ever a podcast. So that was very motivating to me, you know, Mm -hmm. but then also we had other people who really gave us that opportunity, who gave us at the end of the day, you can start something, but if somebody doesn't give you a chance to really grow into that, you can be really proud of, like you won't get there. Right. We were very fortunate in that sense. Um, Pretty early on, we asked, uh, and uh, I don't know how we got very lucky. Knees fell, and I realized game up. You know, at that time we were recording with Skype, and oh, okay. I was pretty much putting in one, you know, one full audio file, and I didn't really know how to edit at that time, so. Once we started booking guests on the podcast, that's when I really, you know, started taking it a little bit more seriously because I felt like we were kind of thrown into it where, yeah, okay, now we're getting guests on the show. So I really have to step up my game and, and learn how to do this for real. And a lot of content just stepped up and gave us a lot of great advice and support and uh pat has been really amazing in my journey and helping me figure a lot of things out and i get to hang out with some really smart and awesome people and what's going well what's not and solve challenges and figure out how we can improve and that has been very helpful i think my proudest moment was when uh learning that bungie listens to the podcast and like Mm -hmm. I freaked out, dude. Like I, I like for me, that was so freaking special. And at the end of the day, it was like, if Bungie was the only group that listened to the podcast, I'm good. I oh, achieved yeah. everything that I set out to do. Uh, so it has been a really cool journey doing this. And um, these are kind of some of the highlights that I've had. It has been an honor to do this. And I'm hoping that now we can maybe create a platform for small and to, you know, create cool memories and stories and to celebrate the content creators that we have on the podcast and all of the amazing guests that we have and um, do more charity stuff and to work with maybe St. Jude's. That would be really cool. And uh, these are some of the things that really kind of matter to me, you know, supporting other content creators, just like how, in the community mm-hmm. absolutely it's been a hell of a ride man because i'm i'm just the dude who loves this game and i really wanted to pod i pushed through it and here we are here we are man and man that is that's man that's awesome it, to hear your story it, it's always a breath it's breathtaking because at the end of the day man so many people come together, especially for this game and just the amount of stories. Um, you know, it, it's amazing, you know, to see how we bring people together, especially this community has brought so many people together, so many stories. I mean, people starting from the bottom, especially podcasting. Like for me, you know, uh, for people who don't know, um, when I started podcasting, uh, it was basically um, back in, I would say, 
near post forsaken is when I kind of when I started the last city radio and um, okay you know I always want I was like you know what you know and me too I used to watch um uh, Guardian Radio I used to watch them you know every Monday and see what they're you know they're talking about and then uh I would watch uh fire team chat you know Destiny uh down under all of those guys man um I will always tune in and see their perspectives on stuff. And I was like, you know what? You know, I have some really solid ideas and and some discussions, you know, and it's like, I, I really want my voice to be heard. I want to start podcasting. And, um, you know, at the time, Anchor, it was kind of fairly, Anchor was kind of fairly new um, at the time. And uh, I was like, you know what? Let me try this, uh, this app. And, you know, I got a, a pretty nice mic. And I was like, okay, let me try recording my first uh podcast i just started just talking about the 12 and things like that getting my ideas and um just the passion grew for it and um it just continued on until i said you know what there was a certain point i was like all right i want to have a i want to start searching for guys you know a couple of guys that'll stick on and unfortunately today you know my guys ran into my fire team ran into some trouble stuff they're they're doing things and they're sad about they they can't make it. They wish they could make it because they have so much questions. But um, um, salute to them. But um, you know, starting out with guys and just getting guys to fit. Say okay, you know, do you see the passion that I see? And uh, you know, I've gotten a really good group of of guys who um they see the dream and they they want to make Last City Radio you know big and uh, start small and we're just we're moving up. We're moving up. Uh, this it's been three years. I would say we're doing big things, getting some really good names out here. And uh, Destiny guy, I've been playing uh, Destiny since the beta of Destiny one all the way through. Nice uh, beta boy, I love it. Oh yeah. yeah, and you know what? It it starts with that. It starts with just you know looking up to somebody and Absolutely. wanting to also create something cool in the community and that's the really awesome thing about the destiny community i think the people in this community really come together in such a cool way and the level of support that you'll get is absolutely mind-blowing it really absolutely. is incredible yeah man it, it, it's it's so many people man love this game this game and like you said man you hit it on it you hit it on the head saying you know what game do you know have had you have a big impact on you like this game this game is really just you know it's just something about it, it gives you that feel to keep coming back to it you know you can't get enough you play other games you get that little feeling short for a short time and then you're back to destiny you know it's just that i've never seen any game like this if you would have told me years ago for anything destiny ever came out and said hey you're gonna be playing a game for years and years to come and you're going to be stuck on it. <laughs> and I think the other really cool thing is, you know, over the years, me and my friends have kind of moved apart. You know, people just move. They have families. They get different jobs. And the one thing that kept us together was this game. And yeah. I think that's a really cool testament to how special destiny is and it really is proof that destiny isn't just a game it, it's much more than that and uh, yeah. it's it's really special to be a part of this 
Absolutely, man. It's a family. If you think about it, you know, it's a family and branches, you know, of different people coming together. So let me ask you something. Mm -hmm. You started a podcast three years ago. Yep. Why did you start a podcast? What was your motivation? Um, mostly my motivation was, you know what, I'm being passionate for the game and just like, you know what, I really want people to hear my voice and give me a shot. You know, I see so many, um, you know, topics and there was always things that like, I really wanted to touch on that. I never really got a chance to see people really touch on it. I was like, you know what, I really want to start doing this. You know, I, I feel like I can bring a lot to the table. You know, I have the fire for it, the passion for it. I really think I could, I could really move and make my own brand. And my idea was my, my goal was one day, you know, getting a chance to, you know, at least, you know, talk to some bungee devs, get a chance to interview them and, uh, you know, just meet a lot of people in the community that, you know, I admired over the years. Um, That was one of my biggest dreams to, really just get a chance to mingle with the communities a lot and, um, you know, just grow a brand, you know, and, and find people who believes in the last city radio, you know, and who's willing to take a serious, you know? Yeah. It's, it's all a matter of somebody just giving you a chance. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very important step, you know, to not be afraid to reach out to people. Because I think Absolutely. that you'll be surprised at how many people will help you along the way. And I think that a lot of times it's a matter of just asking, working hard, mm-hmm. and doing your best to create something that you're truly proud of. And, and that was something that I was really set out to do from day one. Just make something that I'm proud of in this community that can maybe make a positive impact. And... Um, I think we're getting there. Absolutely, man. And I see, I see, you know, just from getting a chance to watch you a little bit and see your growth and that's, it's amazing, man. You, you, you know, you guys are on a trajectory, you know, being at one of those greatest podcasts of all time in the Destiny community. And that's a great, that's a great thing, you know, seeing that, you know, cause of course we always have our big, our big ones, you know, and the thing about it, what's funny is, um, you know, we mentioned Fireteam Chat, and they had their last uh, show, you know, unfortunately, you know, and uh, just seeing that, it's like, man, you know, who's going to be able to be like, who's going to take that place? Who's going to take up the mantle, you know, and, uh, you know, really shine and, you know, seeing you grow, man, you're going to be, you're going to be one of those guys. And then think about it, you're going to be coming in your own, not being a replacement, you know, you're something new shiny to someone wants to chase and say you know what these guys are great man i can't wait to see them have a panel at you know at uh gcx and you know man let me tell you that would be a dream come true and that's something that i've secretly you know i've I've thought about that and Mm -hmm. you know just wanting to do something at gcx and to be able to give back to the kids because i think we've never had that opportunity yet so I'd love to have that. And and first off, thank you so much for such kind words. It, it truly means so much. And it's really wild hearing that because, you know, we just, we're just two dudes who love this game and love talking about it. And I Absolutely. just put a lot of care into 
what we put out and um i try to work hard to create something special each week um and it's been it's been crazy it's been really crazy and yeah you mentioned fire team chat and if it wasn't for destin and cj and jose and alfredo sean, all those guys, all those guys yeah. sean travis we, we wouldn't mm-hmm. be here you know we, we we truly would not be here um yeah they inspired us to start something and honestly destin is the one who really motivated me to keep a more professional tone to our podcast and that's something that i really tried to bring about you know and to really make it about our guest that's what the podcast yeah. is really about it's about the people who we invite on the show I try to do a long form interview with them, spend at least an hour just talking to them about them and mm-hmm. getting to know them on a deeper level. And I think that's really important. That's something that we don't quite get the chance to experience here. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's unique. Um, and it's something that we've started very early on and went with that. We've grown with that. And I think that we've gotten better at interviewing. Shadow Price has gotten much much better as a co-host and he shows up he shows up every week i think there was one week that he didn't show up and like we had jarv and king allen and bushman bob like amazing amazing people in our community who um are just so incredible and they give us so much love and they support us as as much as we love and support them. And that's really, really great to see so many talented creators out there. Amaze, such an amazing dude, you know, and I don't normally love to just hang out and watch people play games. It's just, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd rather watch a movie or play the game myself. Exactly. But I go into, I go into this man's Twitch stream and he's so inspiring and it's so awesome to just, go in there and just lurk and hang out and say hi. And um, it's been, it's been an honor. Um, I think the coolest thing for me was having CJ on the podcast. Oh man. Oh man. To know that like the person who inspired us is here with us on the podcast. That was so insanely wild. And then we spent like an hour and 15 minutes after the show just chopping it up chatting just talking just hanging out and talking i think he was in the ign studio at the time and it was like really late Mm -hmm. and he was still there after a three-hour podcast we were just talking for like an hour um i think that was really special and really cool and um that was a really cool cool moment for us it was a lot of fun doing that having him on we're gonna have guardian radio on the podcast uh mark he is an incredible, incredible dude, such a he smart is. individual. And I still remember when their podcast ended. Oh, I was sad. And it was just <laughs> such a sad moment after 280 episodes, just yeah. um, watching that come to an end. And, you know, watching these things. <laughs> that was rough, man. That was rough. That was harder than anything because, I mean, it was so abrupt. Like, we did not expect any of that. No. And it's sad when it happens, man. It, it it took me, I was like, oh, I can't believe it. Why? You know, 
I don't want these guys to go, man. They they're the pioneers. Oh, we all felt lost. Um, they were the they, longest that, running Destiny podcast. Yeah, like, you know, at that time they were just, and what they did was on such a high level, incredible perspectives on Destiny, and it was really cool to watch them mm-hmm. grow and and do such amazing things in the community and um they inspire us every day absolutely they really do man and and what's funny it's funny that you mentioned that is um uh especially around that time because around the time when they was get ready to close out um you know i was in the middle of thinking thinking to said, man i want to start a podcast man i love these guys you know and then um it was right around the time where um, Mark went on um, the last word podcast. Shout out to Cognito and Ebontis. I love those guys, man. They're great. Um, when they went on at that point, their time, their uh, podcast was named Flashpoint. And he was on there and they was talking about, you remember that was a big topic about the Activision thing. Um, that was real big. And, uh, you know, just listen to the passion and everything. I said, man, you know, these guys are on some next level. And that's what introduced me to um, the Last Word podcast with uh, Ebontis and uh, Lord Cognito. And, uh, you know, and then when I found out that they um, they had that last show, I was like, oh, man. Yeah, they're... But, um, you know, we always, we always have a soft spot for a Guardian Radio. Always, you know. You, you you can't say that you can't talk destiny without talking about guardian radio i mean it's just you can't be a vet, veteran guardian without you know coming across their work and the legacy that they leave on our community so yeah. they they are pretty incredible and you mentioned lord cognito and abantes man such great guys i love their show like i would literally wake up early sometimes just to watch their show because they do their show in like at crazy hours yeah (laughs) and you know but i still want to tune in because they have amazing amazing people on the show in our community and um we look up to them as well and it was a true honor to have both abantis and lord cognito as our guests they were just so amazing amazing people in our community just doing great things and you mentioned, you know, up and coming podcast. They're going to be doing some really great things in this community. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Uh, you know, and I got a chance. I got the honor and privilege because um, uh, uh, Lord Cognito is a is a good friend of mine and a mentor to me. So, you know, uh, being on their show, I got a chance to be on their show, man. Uh, that was a big honor, dude. That's and, fire. That's amazing. Yep. That and was. That was you, know, you know what show. I love about those guys. They are humble enough to give opportunities to smaller creators yeah. while still being able to put on an amazing show and still book incredible guests. And uh, mm-hmm. we have so much respect for them. Like They are one of our favorite podcasts that are out today, and we have nothing yeah. but love and respect for what they do. And their intros, man. How do they do their intros? I need to learn. Oh man, it's cool how they do it, man. It's I gotta learn from those those guys, man. When it when I got on their show, um, you know, they were showing me all types of things, you know, like audacity, all these things. I was like, man, this is crazy. This is next level stuff. 
I said, please teach me, do a tutorial. <laughs> so I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, like we, we had a point where like we had to transition to like a different system because at first we would get people asking us like, do you want us to record with audacity or any like software? And I thought like, what are you talking about? Because we just didn't know <laughs> we were recording yeah. with Skype, man. And it was like for six or seven episodes that we did that. And then, you know, we started getting bigger creators on the podcast and I realized like, I got to learn what I'm doing and I got to figure this out so that our quality can truly be up to par. And um, I use a program called Adobe Audition. It's very similar to Audacity, but um, it's one of the uh, professional recording tools that are available. And, you know, I learned from YouTube videos. I went on Twitter and I asked people, you know, like, how do we do this? How do we do this? Mm -hmm. I went into Discord communities and I asked, hey, podcasters, like, this is what I'm doing. And we're actually getting guests on the podcast and I need help because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. You know, and (laughs) people really stepped up and it's intimidating Because I'll be honest, when I was starting out, do you know how long it took to edit the longest podcast? Oh, I'm almost sure. It it was dreadful. (laughs) Dude, take a guess. Take a guess how long it took. I would say probably around three hours. Nah, bro. 13 hours. Whoa. Two days to do it. Wow, man. It was insane. How stressful. Because I didn't know what I was doing. So I was cutting and splicing everything and i didn't know about some of the presets that are available in those tools so i mean i had to really learn and like go through the process of making a lot of mistakes along the way to get to getting to where okay we're comfortable with what we're doing like now my editing is very minor it takes me probably an hour and a half to two hours to edit a two to three hour show because I've gotten better at it, right? But also it's because we've got a lot better at just projecting our thoughts Uh and speaking and articulating and not saying things like ums that, you know, you often say when you're not sure, but also it's a matter of practicing. You know, we've been doing this for 72 episodes now, um, officially. However, we do have like 50 or so that we just didn't release because we just weren't good enough, I think. Uh-huh. And that's that's arguable, right? Because I think we still could have started earlier and I think that we would have grown even more yeah. if we had started sooner. But that's okay because at the end of the day, I'm not chasing numbers. I'm, I'm just no. trying to do something that I'm proud of. And if you do that, everything else will follow. And like, I look at analytics and charts to see, you know, are we progressing? Um, In my mastermind group, like there's something that I really want to accomplish. And I've yet to do that. And it's the the 5K club in podcasting. And the 5K club is when you can achieve 5,000 downloads per episode. Mm. We have not been able to get there yet. But it is my goal to get the podcast to where we can achieve those numbers. Um, and something that I've been 
thinking about and reading books and um, learning from some really amazing, amazing individuals in the podcasting space, like uh, Pat Flynn, as I mentioned, and uh, Jay Klaus has an amazing podcast called Creative Elements. Shout yeah. out to Jay Klaus. He is an Salute. incredible, incredible podcaster. And the quality of his work truly speak volumes to his work ethic and how incredible he is of a community builder and podcaster. He interviews some of the most amazing people in the world. Wow. Um, and if you're interested in podcasting and uh, creating, I very highly recommend you check out Creative Elements and the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn. I'm definitely going to check that out. I love uh, listening to stuff like that. Definitely. Man, I'm throwing some wanna... nuggets here. Oh, yeah. Everybody, <laughs> take notes. You need to take notes. Get your get your uh, pad out. And uh, I'm telling you, it's this is amazing. Now, there's one thing I, uh, there's one thing I do want to add to and, um, just the fact that when you was talking about uh, just like being able to just say okay this is my numbers okay let me look at my analytics okay um you know i really want it to be where i want it to be the fact that uh you yourself is to the point where you're like okay you know there's some podcasts i had have you know literally just uh i've downloaded but i'm really not feeling it it's, it just wasn't you you felt like it wasn't you um, for me, how I do things, especially, uh, I've got a lot of the podcasts that I started out with. Uh, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to roll it. Uh, I'm going to get them out and then, um, I'm just going to see what's going on. And, uh, I've gotten a whole bunch of them and, uh, I just throughout, it, it was amazing, man. Just to see my progression of just from when I started all the way up until now. Uh, it's amazing to see how much I've grown in podcasting, especially, you know, being off by yourself at first, you know, you're like, Oh, well, you know, I hope people, you know, take it seriously. I'm, you know, I'm trying to get myself together and be the best that I can be. I felt like um, at the beginning, you know, I was worried about who people take me serious or is this good enough? And I, in the beginning, I always used to just uh, re-record, record. Okay, okay, I'm recording this one. Ah, it don't sound right. I need to reset and do it again. I've always been like that. Um, and then I, I would say probably just getting, you know, a couple months, a, a year down, that's what I accepted. I said, okay, this is my strengths. I know what I'm doing. And I'm getting better at it. The more that I listen to podcasts, listen to other people, how they're structured, and I take notes and to try to say, okay, I want to start practicing this um, to get a little bit better. And I noticed just episodes after episodes, it started to become better. And it's cool that you mentioned too, you know, just watching like seminaric type of a podcast where they're teaching you how your dialogue should be, especially when you're talking to people and having the conversation. It's really cool. Like you were saying, try not to say the ums and the things like that. 
that one thing that's i'm sure that was tough <laughs> well let me put it this way when you're editing a podcast you notice these things very very often Absolutely. every single time there's like an um i would edit mm-hmm. the um out right <laughs> and i did this for everybody so that's why like really? a one-hour podcast could take three hours to edit because you're literally putting so much work into it. Uh, and yeah. I was such a freaking perfectionist with it that <laughs> I had to make it right. And the more we grew, I felt more of a responsibility to do that because I can't have this guest on the podcast and fuck it all up. I just can't do that. You know, that right. that's not a good look. So Dude. I had to learn. I was kind of thrown into the fire in many ways, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when we started out, I had no idea what I was doing. I'm still learning every day. Yeah. I don't consider myself a podcast master. I, I love doing what I do, and I'm proud of Absolutely. it. And I put in a ton of work and, and love and effort into it. But I still have room to grow, and I realize that. And uh, that's the one thing that some creators can get complacent when it's like you think that, oh, well, I'm getting this level of success. Mm-hmm. So I made it now. I, I don't yeah. feel that way. I feel like for me, I always have room to grow and learn. And, you know, I, I'm now getting to a point where, again, I have to start thinking not in terms of like the foundational stuff of podcasting, but now like how do I really grow this? Yeah, How do I reach absolutely. a wider audience beyond a Twitter account? Or, you know, how do I improve my podcasting skills where I can interview people better just because I want to interview the Destiny community? And, and that absolutely. is a big responsibility. And I don't do it for me. I don't have a YouTube channel. I don't stream on Twitch. We do the podcast but that's it yeah so i'm not trying to make a name for myself that's not why i'm here absolutely i'm I'm here because i love this game and i love talking about it and i want to use the platform that we've built to do good things in the community to support creators like you and to give opportunities to others but also to meet the people that we've dreamed of meeting Yes. And that's important too, you know, to really get a chance to sit down with some of the people that have inspired us and have left a legacy on our lives. And it's pretty cool to have that opportunity. And Mm -hmm. I, I don't take that for granted. And trust me, every day is sometimes what feels like a struggle because I'm very critical of myself. And some days... I will edit an episode and I will think like, this is crap. I should have done this. I should have done this and that. And I compare myself sometimes to others. And sadly, I shouldn't. But sometimes yeah, I do because it it's hard. And But I'm human, right? And Absolutely. I'm just being honest. Mm-hmm. And that's good that you're being, like I said, uh, you're right. Uh, for me, it's the same thing. You know, I always look at others and say, man, I, I really want to be as structured as this person. I really want to be as structured as this person. And I had to get to the point where I'm saying, you know what? I'm only me, and I want to be the best version of me. Let me be the best version of P. Carlisle Gaming. What do I have to bring to the table? 
things like that. That's one of the things that I, I kind of looked at, especially um, when I'm tr- when I'm trying to edit like long podcast or I'm just uh, you know in the middle of saying, okay, this is the guest that I want to have on my show. I want to be the best podcaster and the best host that I can be on this day, you know. And I used to, I used to get, I used to get nervous at times because it's, uh, I don't want to be that guy who's like, he doesn't know what to, he doesn't know what to say, he doesn't, know, you know. I don't want to be that guy. And and I remember the first person that I that I interviewed. Shout out to Burita Gaming. Um, he's he was a smaller guy. Um, streamer and I was like let me go ahead and interview this guy you know he plays Destiny he's really cool and getting a chance to uh, interview him um, it it just brought a lot to light and said man there's so many people out here that in the Destiny community that are phenomenal they may have little voices but you know they have such passion for the game and their takes on things it's like I just love to talk to different people in the community, and that grew my passion even more, to the point where I said I want to interview as many people as I possibly can, and um, small and big, you know, because I I definitely want to get their views on things, and that that just uh, lit light like a fire in me to say you know what I want to keep going, I want to do this, and I want to be able to interview people when I go to uh GTX G- GCX and uh just get a chance to meet so many people like you said inspired you over the years people that you became friends with throughout in the community you know uh I've got a chance to interview a lot of really cool people um from Red Queen to you know uh Black Dahlia to small streamers like blue viper tv um and just like gamers in the community i've gotten a chance to interview too and it, it was just uh it, it's it's a exciting experience when you get a chance to talk to those people and uh just to see how ecstatic they are say oh man i can't believe i'm on a podcast you know talking destiny it's just amazing man you know and people always think there's people in the community who think oh you know you guys just do it for the money or whatever it is clout no I don't. I just do it because I have passion. I love the game and I love talking to people and getting a chance to interact with people in the game and just to find like-minded people. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. And, you know, I don't do it for money either. While I would love to get some sponsors and that's something that I've thought about. I think that's a logical step forward, but it's something that I didn't really put as my main reason for doing this. I do this because I love to meet amazing people in our community. And just like you said, you know, podcasting really gives you the opportunity to meet some amazing, amazing people that you never would have the opportunity to meet. And I think that's pretty incredible. Getting a chance every Thursday night to just sit down with amazing people in our community each and every week and to tell their stories and to create something special. I think that's very rewarding in and of itself, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. It's very rewarding. And uh, just to see that and to bring people together like that. And what's funny is too, not only you're just bringing people together, 
but we're becoming friends with these people, you know, to the point yeah. where they're like, hey, I know this guy. What's going on, man? And uh, it this this whole game, you know, I've never seen anything like it. Never seen anything like it. Halo was really good. I enjoyed Halo, but something about Destiny, man, it, it just has a very, I was, how can I say this? Revolutionized, it revolutionized gaming and playing together um, when it comes to co-op and multiplayer, just building the community like that. And uh, the fact that the, the devs listen to what you have to say and, you know, they always respond and, you know, it's cool to see that, man. You know, it's really cool to see that. And yeah, this is what you do. It was such a cool honor to learn that Bungie listens to our podcast. Um, it was such an honor to have Cosmo on the podcast. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and it, it's such an honor to work with their teams and to support them as much as we can. And I'm very, very grateful for that. And I'm grateful for every person. In fact, Bungie is celebrating 30 years yeah. as a company, which is a big year for them. It's a pretty big step. Absolutely. And uh, it's going to be a very special Bungie day this year. I'm very excited for that. And yeah, it's going too. to be a very big celebration for them. In fact, right now on uh, Twitter, we're doing a little thing for them. We're doing a little special thing because I think there's too much negativity in the community in terms of criticism about the game, especially during a time when so much is happening with COVID, with lockdowns. And I think there's not enough appreciation for what they do as a company to build destiny, to support the game, to support the community the way they do. They're amazing. Um, So what I came up with was to create a hashtag. Thank you, Bungie. And yes. just ask the community to tell us, why do you play Destiny? And how Bungie has impacted your life. That is awesome, man. And I want to do, I want to be the very first to say, hashtag, thank you, Bungie. And I want to, I definitely want to get my personal say. So Bungie, if you, def- if you ever watch this and you listen to it, hey, I definitely want to thank you guys. Um, for not only inspiring me to play this game and uh, just to build a community, you know, build. I was able to make so many friends, meet so many people because of the game that you guys created. And I definitely appreciate you guys. Um, of course, we always get, we're always going to, you know, keep you on your toes with things that we like and we don't like. But at the end of the day, we love this game and we love you guys. And we appreciate you guys for bringing all of us together, you know, and uh, it started from that day one back in back in 2014. You guys, you know, when I first played you played the game, the beta, I was like, you know what? This game is going to go somewhere just just from playing it. I was like, this thing is going to take off. I don't know how or when, but this thing is going to be something big. And here you guys are, you know this many years in and we're still enjoying your game so thank you Bungie. For yeah it's been seven years yeah and seven. um you know if it wasn't for Bungie, i wouldn't have the confidence that i have i wouldn't have yeah. had the opportunity to start a podcast 
or to meet some of the amazing people that we've met or to have so many opportunities and to find something that I can be really passionate about and make friends and, and just so many things that Bungie has done for me as an individual beyond just representing a podcast, you know, Bungie has really impacted my life in many ways. Um, oh, yeah. And it made me a better person and it gave me the courage to start a podcast and gave me the desire to want to build a better community in this game and to just represent this community as best as I can and to make people shine. I want to give people opportunities. I want to tell their stories. I want to interview people. I want to get better at this. And Absolutely. I want to meet everybody. It, you know, it's, it's, it's hard because you can't do, you can't meet everybody. And that's what yeah. I've been battling with because as I book, I'm not sure what to do because it's like I have literally over a hundred people and I, mm. I, I don't know how to manage it. Even right now, I'll be honest with you. Like I go to my mentors and I'm like, Hey guys, like what should I do? Because do I book into next year? Mm -hmm. You know, like, what do I do? And these are challenges that I'm facing now and I'm blessed to have such challenges in, in the community, but I'm excited to use the platform that we've built to create opportunities for other content creators. And that means a lot to me. Yeah, man. And and that's cool. And you know something, you know, and listen, guys, everyone's listening. He's keeping it real. Uh, we want to, our dream is to interview as many people as we possibly can. And just hearing it from him, 100, that's a lot. Um, that's a lot of guys. And and it's just trying, trying to keep up with it. It's tough. It's tough at times. And uh, I can only think of you know, just us as podcasters who have our shows, being able to get people on, you know, as much as we can, trade off people, get people on, you know, have voices. In, in a way, it's kind of like we're all working together in a way. The more people that we all interview, the more progress we're making in the community. And uh, and I, I always I always think of, you know, these other guys, they're, they must have a lot on their shoulders as well. You know, and just to hear the insight, it's 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 those things, man, that people don't think about, you know, when it comes to podcasting. It's it's it can be tough, especially when you have people that you um want to interact <laughs> and everything like that. You know. Um it's it's just one of those things. Um, I apologize. That, Rocky really wanted to be on the podcast, so <laughs> there you go. Okay, it's okay. <laughs> Shout out to him. Shout out to Rocky. <laughs> Shout out to Rocky. But uh, yeah, it, it's one of those things, guys, that you have to just sit and think about sometimes, especially when you listen to podcasts. They, you know, it takes a lot for those guys to put on a show, uh, to get the, their guests in and booking, especially when you start to grow a lot to the point where more people are, you're exposed to uh, more of the community and everyone you know, wants to jump on, you know, you have a lot more responsibility 
and just to make sure that the show always go on, it takes a lot, you know. But it's always expected. That's what we're that's what we're here for. We're it strengthens us because we're like we're gonna be better. Yeah, it, it's definitely unique and different. I think that you know it it is a lot of work to put on a podcast each week, uh, from booking to planning to editing. It, it does take a ton of effort, but I do think also as you continue, you get better and yeah. you create processes that really work well. Um, and you figure out how to be more efficient with your time and what you're doing. And I, I think I'm definitely getting there um, in terms of that. And a lot of it is just trying different things, trying different platforms. Like we started with Audacity, or not Audacity, excuse me, Anchor, when we started podcasting. I think it's a great platform to start out with. You know, Absolutely. Um, I really do. Um, but... I think that ultimately it's a matter of practicing, trying different things and not being afraid to put your content out there. I think that's important and not being afraid to ask people for help. That's so, so important. That's true. Very true. And, uh, you know, I get a chance to now I have you tax stuff as well. You know, I was, I asked Cognito, I was like, Hey man, uh, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? You know, and uh, it's just cool to it's cool to um, have people who who you know knows the game better than you do. And when you get a chance to learn from other people, man, it's it's so sweet, man. Because just to be able to take your platform for what it is to bring it to something better, um, give them better content, and uh, it, it's something that it just shines and you start to notice especially when it comes to viewers to say you know these guys are on the next level how are they doing that it's amazing and just having a passion and then also having a supportive team you know having your support from your co-hosts and um, just them being there for you and saying you know what hey we're here we are the destiny podcast or we are the last city radio you know we're here you know, we want to be the best that we can be and shine and show the community, hey, our arms are open. Come and join us. Come join us. Come, let's talk about destiny. And the cool thing is um, for the last city radio, not only I made a specific day for my destiny talk, I also made um, days for other my other podcasting, especially like a my all things gaming roundtable. We talk about you know stuff like E three, the next gen, different thing games like that, and getting a chance to have guests on. So uh, for me, you know, my love for Destiny made me branch off to other, you know, side of the game side would talk about everything else as well. So uh, you know, shout out, shout out to Destiny and Bungie for that. You know, just. The passion for gaming, you know, is there, you know, but, and yeah, also I do want to add too, though, I want to add too, you know, since we talked about Ibantis and uh, Lord Cognito, of course, shout out to you guys. You guys always listen. I appreciate you guys. And just seeing Cognito, man, he has grown so much, and especially when I started watching him back. Uh, Cause not only he has he does the thing with he bought us on the last word, but he also has his podcast that he does, and uh, 
just seeing those guys hustle, man. Uh, they go from Guardian Con to E3, PAX East. They're interviewing people. Man, that was like those guys, that draws the passion in me to say, I want to do that too. I want to be able to travel and to really interview those guys, different devs. And it's just amazing, man. That guy, you know, everybody wants Cognito on the show. <laughs> and it's cool, man, to see that. Yeah, Lord Cognito is an amazing individual. He is such a hardworking person. Yeah. And he puts so much love and passion into his content. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I really am a huge fan of his work. And he is an inspiration to me as well. You know, I look up to him and what he's doing with the Iron Lords podcast. Absolutely. And um, I'm a huge fan of the Last Word podcast. And he's just doing some really special things in the community. And um, I look up to him very much as well. Yeah. Absolutely, man. And and what I told him one time, I, I told him, I said, man, you know, I've seen many podcasts, and but I have never seen a podcast structured like the Iron Lords podcast. I've watched many gaming podcasts, but it's something about your show, man, that really draws people in and the content that you guys deliver, the discussions, how you word things, you know, the topics at hand, being able to discuss stuff in depth, man, you guys are phenomenal. I haven't seen anybody like that. You know, I've seen really good podcasts, but those guys, man, they are, they're on a next level. I was like, man, that's inspiring. So inspiring. I'll share a little secret with you. I have a dream to start a video game podcast because I love video games and I want to talk about more than just destiny. And one day we're going to make that happen. Oh um, yeah. But I am working on some other things in the destiny community before I can start that. Yeah. But I'm very yeah. excited to start something fun in just video games because I love all video games. I actually have all the consoles. So does my co-host. We both have PlayStation 5s and Xbox Series Xs and uh, PC and all the platforms. Mm -hmm. So we appreciate games very much and I love video games. And it, sometimes it sucks because it's like, I have to talk mostly about Destiny, but I want to talk about other things too. So I don't know what to do. That's but, why I got to um, get you on my show. My, I yeah, got to get man. you on one of my Sunday shows that we have, the all things Definitely. Gaming. It would be a blast, dude. I love talking about things like E3. E3 was a blast this year. Oh, we man, got we so got, many we cool things. We're going to be talking about oh, that. Woo, that, was, that was phenomenal this year. They did a really good job this year, man. Um, You know, they blew us out. They blew us away. Especially, you know, watching each conference and what they had, you know, uh, especially, you know, uh, shout out to the Xbox guys. You know, they they got a pretty good uh, solid win there with Starfield and, uh, you know, getting some gameplay with uh, Halo Infinite was amazing. Um, you know, and uh, Nintendo having a pretty good solid show. Just it was a lot, man. It was, it was a lot. Ubisoft. I'm yeah. definitely excited for the Rainbow Six. You know, extraction. I can't wait for that. The battlefield. It, it was it was it was cool, man. You know, I I had fun with it. And uh, yeah, um, I'm very excited about E3 and uh, what we saw with Starfield. Amazing yeah. looking game. I'm very excited to play. 
Halo Infinite. How cool was it to see Joseph Staten on stage? Yes. Oh, revealing man, the game. Cool. Like <laughs> that was he amazing. saved the franchise. Let's let's he call did. it what it is. He really saved the franchise. And yeah. I think they really changed things around in the last year. The game looks really amazing. And uh, it's going to be really cool to play when that comes out later this year. Yeah, it's going to be amazing, man. There's and it's on Game Pass. It's on Game yep. Pass. So you have no excuses not to check it out. You have no excuses not to check it out. You're right, guys. You know, go ahead. When that when it goes live, you guys need to be in there jumping in and seeing what they got. You know, it, it's it's going to be amazing, man. I'm glad that they took the time to retool the game and really just listen to the community and say, okay, yeah, we need to make some changes. Pronto. So let me ask you, are you an OG Halo fan? Like, what what was your first Halo game? My first Halo game was, um, is actually, my first Halo game was Halo 3 and then Reach. Um, okay. I, I really enjoyed Reach, um, definitely. I love 3 too, and but Reach, there was something about it that I really enjoyed. Um, it was fun. I really enjoyed you know the style that it was, and that's that's one of the that's one of the things that basically drew me into Destiny. I love that gameplay style, you know, sci-fi s games, and um, playing that. And then after I played Halo, then I started playing Mass Effect as well, um, and uh, just playing Mass Effect. Said, man, this is game, man. I, you know, I wish they made an online game. And that, and I used to say that all the time. I wish they make an online game where everyone can play together. And you can kind of have those feels like your Mass Effect, your Halo. And sure enough, Destiny came out, and there it is. <laughs> I was like, all right. You know, I'm sold. But, you know, Halo, Halo has a special spot, you know, in my heart, always. Uh, I definitely remember that. Yeah, I, I and, know. you know, you mentioned Halo Reach. Halo Reach was my first halo game in the okay. franchise that was my introduction to halo and i bought that game i was uh, living with my roommate who's actually my co-host now which is so cool and he introduced awesome. me to halo he introduced me to the franchise and um i still remember we went to walmart to pick up the mm -hmm. game and we came back home and we just played all freaking night man yeah. it was so much fun playing multiplayer and that was like what really got me into multiplayer because before then i was really big into zombies and call of duty and i played a lot yeah. of that but i was never big with pvp until halo reach came out halo reach came out i played so much pvp i oh, got yeah. my flaming skull and okay long that took to get that took yeah. a minute it took to grind yeah, for to that grind. Um, I loved firefights that really got me into end game content and really uh -huh. to appreciate difficult activities. Um, so I think that definitely helped with my love for raids today to, to play raids and Absolutely. challenging activities like Grandmaster Nightfalls. Uh -huh. So that's something that really had a lot of influence on me. And I really, really loved Halo. I haven't had a chance to play through Halo 1 or 2, but I, I need to. There's no excuses, right? Um, but in my home since the very beginning, since beta, since playing First Light, since playing on the Cosmodrome, going to the steps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Our first introduction to the moon.
And it was oh, so funny man. because because Bungie literally gave us half the campaign in the beta, which was so wrinkle. Yeah. But it was only available for one day. It was on yep. a Sunday. And if you didn't get in on a Sunday, you weren't you gonna didn't get have in access to the moon. So mm-hmm. I remember that. And these are so special, right? These are yeah. special moments that it's surreal being here seven years later, being Talking able to still it. love this game to this day. And that's why... I love this game so much and that's why it's so cool to be able to podcast about it and meet some amazing, amazing people. On on that note, how how excited are you? For me, like like you said, like you said, man, the nostalgia, you know, and I remember when Shadow Keep came back, we was going to move. I was so giddy. I was like, I can't this is where I started, man. This is where I started. I can't believe I get a chance to go back to the moon, man. I was so excited about it. Uh, you know, um, you know, everybody was nervous, especially when the beta. Everybody was nervous when they went to the moon. It's like, oh man, what is these hype dudes? You know, it's spooky, you know, it's crazy. We're going into catacombs and stuff like that. You know, it the the feeling of it was just rich, man. It definitely was rich. And uh you always wanted more. But just like I said, seven years into this game, this game series, and uh, just thinking about, you know, now we're looking at the present. We're literally heading to the Avengers Endgame of Destiny. You know, we're the darkness is here. You know, we always heard rumors about it, the collapse and everything like that. And now we're at the point where they're here. You know, they're they're here, and uh, we're trying to prepare. What do you feel, you know, going into the present where we are now in a state, um, just getting a chance to see how things are just wrapping up, you know, and unraveling before our so, eyes? I'm, I'm excited. I'm very excited because if you remember in Destiny 1, a lot of the story and a lot of the lore, the meat and potatoes of the game was really hidden behind Grimoire yep. that you had to essentially grind out in game and then go on the website bungie.net and then access the grimoire and read all of the grimoire cards for the specific activities and the weapons that you got yep now a lot of it is being brought into the game which is really really cool and exciting um especially this season i love the vault of glass that was my first raid so one it's great playing in the raid but also the expunge missions that we're getting they're really really cool and they're unfolding in such a cool way and i don't want to give away any spoilers but i will say that i think from a storytelling perspective the team at bungie is really really killing it this season and every week i want to learn more right like we had the whole thing with lakshmi and now like i want to know how does this progress how does everything tie in how is it going to all come together? And what is the future going to look like, right? Like, where is Marasov? She left and she disappeared and we don't know yeah. where she is, right? What is happening with Savathun? How is she going to come into play with everything that's happening right now? Everything is un- unfolding in a really cool way. And that's leading us into the Witch Queen, which yes. is coming next year. I'm so, so excited for Witch Queen. Oh, I'm excited. And I'll tell you what, in a way, I'm kind of happy it got delayed. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm happy about that. Facts. You know why? Because I want to play, play a bit of Halo. I want to play through Halo. 
Yeah. And I know that <laughs> if it's between Destiny and Halo, I'm sorry, 343 Studios, as much as I love you, Bungie is my home. Yeah. And that's the game I'm going to put the majority of my time into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're, you hit the nail on the head, like... You know, I'm excited and I'm glad it's delayed because there we do have a lot of other games coming out. And like I said, uh, we got uh, Extraction that I'm excited for. Um, it's coming out in October. I can't wait. We got uh, the new Battlefield game. I'm going to jump in that um, and play that. That, you know, uh, for the Battlefield game, man, they're doing something that has never been done in the... Uh, in just the FPS game, just have, think about this, having a hundred people in the same server, you got a big map and everything is going off. There's every battles in different areas. It's just mayhem. You have NPCs in there as well. It is, that's something that's, it, it's going to be next level, man. Uh, and I am excited to see this um, in live action. And um, like you're saying, you know, when it comes to Destiny, Destiny is is on a trajectory, and the story is just getting better and better. And it feels like this season, the season of Splicer. You remember how we had other seasons where, like, you have like your meat and potatoes at the beginning, and then it kind of fizzles out at the end. You're like, oh, okay, this was it's the aftermath, all right. <laughs> For this season, it feel like it started off slow at first. And now it's getting better and better to the point where it's starting to crescendo. Um, and this thing is moving really quickly and it's just getting exciting. It's like, oh man, I can't wait to tune into next week because something crazy is going to happen. Yeah. You know, now you mentioned something very interesting. It. You mentioned something very interesting. Tune in next week, right? Yes. And that brings us to a problem with the game. Because yes, tune in next week, but that's like an episodic thing. Yeah. Like that's like <laughs> watching a show once a week and it's like, oh, this was really fun. We got an hour of this. Now we got to wait a whole now, week. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bungie intended, at least from what they had stated from early on, is that they wanted for Destiny to be a game that's our hobby, a place yeah. where we stay, where we explore and and do cool things and i think that there are some missed opportunities at the moment with the game yeah. let me give you an example none of the raids besides the vault of glass really encourage you to play it Absolutely. and i'm wondering why like i think those are missed opportunities if you think about it because that's content that you can make relevant through pinnacle pursuits through mm -hmm. seasonal weapons and armor that that changes in some way shape or form whether it be through mm -hmm. new mods that you get in the game or new cosmetics something yeah. um, so i think there are some missed opportunities with the content that they currently have because a lot of this content is just it's there but we don't really do anything with it and i think that was kind of the problem that bungie had when they took out such a large portion of the game when they did, mm -hmm. right? Remember when they essentially took out much of what existed before Shadowkeep? Yeah, Escalation Protocol, Black Armory. We had, uh, you know, uh, 
all the other raids that we would go into. Uh, uh, I think I mentioned uh, Menagerie as well. I mean, we had all I missed the Menagerie. Things. Me too, Dude, man. I grinded that. I got my shadow <laughs> title. I was never that good at the game. <laughs> I remember the first time I went to the Menagerie and Heroic Mode launched, oh, right? And yeah. it was like, man, Heroic Mode is out. So me and Shadow Price are going in and we're like, all right, can we beat this? I'm not sure if we can do this, but we'll try. <laughs> you know, and seeing going from like that stage where it's like, oh, what is this activity like? Uh-huh. Heroic? Let's see if we can do this. Maybe, you know, maybe we can, maybe we can. Going from that to doing every one of them flawless that yeah. was just special because i'm not glad i'm not like no super hardcore at the game i don't you know solo activities like esoteric yeah. <laughs> so that was that was a pretty big time for me in destiny during that whole mm-hmm. season of opulence because i played a lot uh i think i almost took on the role of a sherpa uh and that was the first raid that i ever did a flawless from start to finish and i'm so so proud of that still oh yeah we're in like fact if girl. if you ever see me in the tower or if we're ever gaming you'll see me with my shadow title i don't take that thing off i'm proud that's of that awesome. yeah that man that that is amazing and can we also talk about that when it comes to uh you know the menagerie man the menagerie the menagerie was so well put together um as a six-player activity, that is the actual standard of what six-player activity should be. I think the only time we've seen a standard that was close to it was when we did Sound Dial, um, you know, but it still didn't, it, it, it was good, but it still didn't have that flavor that uh, Menagerie had. And the thing about it, just playing its prestige, man, I remember playing it uh, one time. I still got that, I still got that recording uh, where, like, uh, we were me and my guys. We were all playing, and uh, we finally got to the final boss in the prestige mode of a uh, menagerie, and it was the uh, the Hydra. I love fighting that Hydra, and uh, he shot his missiles, and we were all in the well. Everybody died. I remember this like we died, and we had to start over. It was like what? <laughs> it, it it was just crazy, man. And the the loot that you could get, masterwork stuff. For doing the, you get one piece of masterwork, uh, armor or a weapon, and that you know that was that was great. Just to go. Oh, in there, there, there was a time when you can go into the menagerie, and like you run to like some weird other end of the hallway, and then run back to the chest, and you can still continue to farm it. Yeah, I until they patched it, they did patch it at some point. They did, and yeah. then they. I think they made a consolation where like sometimes you got like triple XP where you Mm -hmm. got triple rewards for completing them. And that was like their way of saying, okay, like, we'll we'll meet you halfway. Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember that. And guess what? I missed that time. And and to get the shadow title, you had to open up 200 chests. Yep. So you had to complete the menagerie 200 times. Now, if you got the endless loot you could have gotten that chest opened up in like 10 20 30 menageries and you have that done right everyone who i play with actually did that i did not so i had to grind the menagerie in fact 
opening up 200 chests was the last thing that I had to complete in oh that triumph. God. Like, that's crazy to me how I flawless everything in, the, in that in that <laughs> thing, including the raid. Yet mm-hmm. the one thing that I'm missing is opening up the freaking chest 200 times. Come on, oh. Bungie. Oh, so oh. I was literally like, I was bored at that point, And I was just like running <laughs> flawless menageries. I was like posting on LFG. Okay, who wants to do a flawless menagerie today? Let's try this. And it's like, if we didn't get it done, whatever, I don't care. But my strat was the only people who would want to even attempt it must be at least good enough to complete it, right? Exactly. Um, and we we had runs that I was literally doing Sherpas in menageries. It was such a cool time <laughs> in the game for me. Uh, I had a lot of fun, and I hope to maybe get back to that in the Vault of Glass yeah. this season. And maybe the yeah. Grandmaster Nightfalls. Yeah, that's going to be something. Uh, man, yeah, you're right, man. Like I said, people used to stay in Menagerie, man. That that activity, I love that activity. I used to go in there, especially if I needed a farm request. I go straight in there. All right, let me go ahead and kill these ads, you know, and get some good loot, man. It it was such a good system, and I feel like, especially with the um the override mission, it's okay. It's not it's not what I really wanted it to be. But, you know, uh, I mean, like I said, it's a cool... I would think they would have took um, Battlegrounds and made that a six-player activity. Now, Battlegrounds, I like Battlegrounds. It was pretty cool, you know. And uh, just the amount of ads, you would think they would have had it as a six-player activity. Um, but, uh, you know, it just the override, it's not, it's not what I expected, but maybe... Um, you know, because the last override mission is in the last city, so that might be epic. Who knows? Um, but you know, uh, I missed the menagerie. That was our farm. That was our farm spot, along with uh, escalation protocol. You know, because we all we all gotta keep it real. Every time an expansion come out, it was like, oh, I need to grind my level. And we hit that escalation protocol. Like, great. You know, everyone was in it, doing that or menagerie, running some menagerie. But you're right about the pinnacles. Um, I do believe that they need to take the activities that we have, like Battlegrounds, like the other raids, Last Wish, Garden of Salvation. Um, and now they took it. They took the pinnacle away from um, uh, Deepstone Crypt. They need to add that back. Have all three, so people have. In a sense of say, okay, I'm going last wish. I'm going to run Garner Salvation. You know, it, it's it just doesn't look right when it comes to. Are we still connected? I do not hear you. I can hear you now. Okay. I think we were having some technical problems. What part did you hear? <laughs> uh, I did not hear any of that part. Okay, so I, what I was like saying... the last 30 uh, seconds. The last 30 seconds? Um, so basically what I was saying, sorry about that, everyone, um, was that they need to start taking pinnacles um, a little bit more seriously uh, when it comes to 
um, where they place them because at the end of the day, if you're taking out pinnacles, that's not good. Like you were saying, you know, they just recently took uh, the Beyond Light pinnacle out because fault of glass. I still don't think they should have done that. That they should have just kept it there. And because uh, the thing about it is, when we got to, I think it was a uh, season. I think it was season of hunt or season of a. Uh, it was season of chosen. One of those when they were saying, "Oh yeah, we're going to." No, I think it was Beyond Light. Um, they were saying, okay, we're going to take um, the Last Wish and uh, they took they took Last Wish and they said, okay, we're going to, then Shadow Throne, we're going to boost up some of the, uh, the weapons. You get some weapons and, um, you know, they're going to roll with the newer perks and stuff like that. That's cool and all, but at the end of the day, especially our dungeons, the only pinnacle dungeon really is uh, the Prophecy. It should have been all three. That would yeah, be more yeah, incentive to jump in, you know, and do those things. Not just, okay, we're tethered to uh, Nightfalls for the week and Vault of Glass. And now that now they finally got um, the expunge to start dropping pinnacles now. Well, but, uh, but here's the thing. I think the expunge missions, I personally don't really consider them endgame content. I think it's, it's, it's you know missions that we play once a week and then we're done and that's that right yeah um i think that at the end there's there's limited replayability there because yes you can replay them absolutely but after doing them so many times that's it mm-hmm. you're not going to keep playing them there's no reason to um and they don't really encourage you to after you absolutely. do your seasonal challenges after you complete those and complete the mission, that's it. There's no reason to go back into it. You know, maybe mm-hmm. to unlock all of the different perks that you can unlock at the, um, not the spider, what's his name? Um, oh, um, Rasputin. Uh, uh, Matt. Uh, at, yeah, at the Servitor guy, Rasputin. Yeah, this Mithrax. Um, uh, Mithrax, Mithrax, thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, I think that there are some limits to the game and I think there is yeah. room to improve. But at the same time, again, we got this game at a time when so much is happening in the world. Yeah. So just to get this, I think it's it's enough. pretty cool. And, mm-hmm. and and hey, it's like 10 or $15. It's not like we're paying so much money for this content. Right. And honestly, for 10, 15 bucks to get a raid and all of this new stuff in the game that's pretty I think good it's, i think it's pretty cool you know seven story missions that we're getting in total mm-hmm. and i think they're really killing it with the story um, i think that this is a consequence of bungie just not having enough resources at the moment to really give us more and i don't necessarily think the problem is with what we're getting mm-hmm. i think we just need more we just want more right we need more um stuff to play more end game pursuits yeah and um hopefully we will get that but hey we're getting grandmaster nightfalls coming next week we're also getting master raids that are coming later uh in july so that's going to be really exciting to see so we're getting quite a bit of stuff coming that's still there that's still coming we also have solstice of heroes to get excited for 
and it's going to be interesting to see how they make things fun and switch things up from last time around and yeah. it's it's going to be really fun to play that and then we have a whole new season hopefully season 15 is going to bring crossplay i'm excited yeah. for that i have friends who are playing on playstation you know shadow price loves playing on ps5 and i prefer to play on pc because i think the party system on consoles is very just bad i i can't deal with it it's really hard for me <laughs> um so i i'm excited about being able to play on pc and still be able to enjoy the game with my friends although it does bring other unique challenges like how does this affect pvp and trials and activities that are already having problems with balancing and right uh people literally cheating in in the game as well so there's a lot of stuff that bungie will have to uh, resolve and i'm sure we're going to get a whole new slew of challenges for them to fix uh yeah i definitely agree with you there um there's a lot there's a lot that still needs to be fixed um when it comes to like i said crossplay is going to be a big thing i'm almost sure they're going to do a big uh update twab about that in the next especially the next season that's rolling around there's probably gonna be a lot of changes and adjustments and things and that they're gonna go over now i do see i i, I kind of can see a vidoc that they're probably gonna be coming this summer um they're probably gonna do most likely to introduce not only the next season but um also witch queen unveiling as well so i can see them doing a vidoc this season this uh this summer you know it's funny you mentioned the vidoc and we talked about it on the podcast this past week but uh yeah there were some developers uh lars bakken and some of the other developers were back in the studio yeah um and they put out a tweet with uh cameras in the background and they stated that they're filming something. So one can only assume they're either filming something for Bungie Day or they're filming something for um, any upcoming announcement that they will be making. And I'm sure we will see more of Witch Queen Absolutely. this year. Probably this. I would not mm-hmm. doubt that. They always want to do something in the summertime to kind of get people excited. Um for you know what's coming next and them taking that picture so uh you know that that is very possible that they're they're clowning they're clowning around we know bungie they're just they're just teasing us giving Uh us a little bit of uh preview for what's to come i know what they're doing and it's it's exciting because you know what whenever destiny comes out with anything whether it be a trailer or a vidoc or any major announcement like people listen you know think about thursdays thursdays are special we get new twabs every thursday and people yeah like get really excited for that and i don't know if that happens with any other video game i don't think that happens with call of duty we don't have a bunch of people getting excited about a call of duty update right we don't have f5s on twitter for that that does not happen only in destiny and that just goes to show how cool and special this community is and uh how much we love this game so thank you bungie absolutely thank you bungie for what you all you do and uh you're right man you know 
it's the only game that I can see that has this week at Bungie where we're doing people getting excited to see, oh man, can't wait for Thursday to come out. Can't wait to see what's what they have in store. You know, it's it's just cool to to get ready for something like this. And especially the Vidox, man, that's that's like that's like a party for us. It's like, oh man, this is about to be exciting. You're excited. You know, that's like that's like the E3 of Bungie. <laughs> you know, you're yeah, excited. Yeah, I really miss I really miss the Vidox. I really miss yeah. those lengthy events that they had showing off their upcoming expansion. Do you remember that when when they would release these like live streams with yeah. and the Bungie development community. That was so cool. I miss I that. that. I wish they did that more. I know, man. We only get one once a year. It's just like, yeah. Man. I mean, I, I think, you know, I think that COVID really made things difficult, you know, and a lot of things at Bungie really has been kind of challenging behind the scenes, I think, more than what yeah. we realize, right? I think. Bungie and Activision splitting up, like, that's not easy. It's not. That that could not have been an easy thing to do, right? I can only imagine being the decision maker who literally decided the fate of 700 employees at the studio, having to sacrifice giving up the support of really important studios like Vicarious Visions and High Moon Studios. Yeah. And losing out on so much. They lost out on Battle.net, right? And now we have so many problems with Crucible and PvP on Steam as a platform. Yeah. There's a lot of things that happened. And I think that Bungie is a very proud company. They're a very um, determined company. And they have a lot of talent. They're very talented. Um, and... I think that at the same time, like they they did have to change things, especially this yeah. year, having to work from home. That mm -hmm. made things difficult. Plus, now they have to publish their own game since all of that happened. Like you, mm -hmm. you lose a lot of support by not having Activision. And I think a lot of people didn't realize the downsides to that and negative effects yeah. of having something like that happen because I think that there are multiple ways to look at it. Exactly. I will say... Uh, PlayStation exclusivity is definitely something that we no longer have because of the split up. And I'm very sure of that. I really like those exclusive things. I'm a, I'm on PlayStation. I was like, I love that, you know, but at the end of the day, I wanted everybody to, to be able to bask in those things too. And yeah. Well, well, look, the problems that it brought was that you know, and I had a PlayStation, so I had access to those things. But if I switched to any other platform, and I noticed that much more once I switched to PC, right? Because mm -hmm. then I went from like, I still have my PlayStation, but now I'm a PC player. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have access to those activities on PC. And I kind of yeah. knew how people felt, you know, and it, it broke the community up in a way that didn't really need to happen. And here's the thing. I don't know if you remember, but the Destiny PlayStation exclusivity was mm -hmm. the very first time that they introduced a one-year exclusivity on anything. Yeah, that is. That's that was true. the first time they did that. And since then, Call of Duty started doing all of this yearly exclusive crap 
Yeah. It's because <laughs> of these agreements that were put together between Activision yeah. and the uh, game studios. And I really hope that we see less of that because I do think that it does hurt the game overall by breaking things up in such a way, especially during times when there are content droughts. So it's like, yes. well, you have this strike, but we can't play the strike. So we can't play. Why? Yep. You know, that's very anti-consumer. And I understand at the end of the day, they have to make money. They are a business, right? And mm -hmm. I think a lot of people don't really understand that or appreciate that, where like Bungie has to keep the lights on. They have, they to, have to keep it on. pay all of their employees and keep them safe and happy and pay for the expenses that come with building such a massive game. It's not easy yeah. to build a game like this. There are so many complexities that are involved that we don't even understand. Nope. And it's it's something that I'm grateful to the entire team that they're able to bring that to us because they can entertain us because of destiny. And right. uh, we can appreciate that. I do want to touch on that um, too when it came to, uh, you know, them losing, the repercussion of them losing Activision and also, you know, High Moon Studios and uh, Vicarious Visions. Um, you know, they helped them with a lot because think about it. What Forsaken brought to the table, that was the biggest expansion that we've ever gotten in a Destiny game ever. You got, you had at least about how many of, uh, they had a whole bunch of uh, PvP things, a whole bunch, I think it was at least about three, uh, I think we had, what was it, six maps? Six maps. You had a new activity for Gambit and their maps. You had multiple strikes. You had, you know, all of these weapons that came into the game. You had, um, you know, uh, you had a dungeon, you had a raid, you had new activities, two locations. It, the story was super long. You, you had so many things to chase and them having that budget of Activision, they could do all that stuff. And now yeah. we go to Shadowkeep where, you know, and them saying, you know, you'll, you won't, you probably won't see another forsaken which i think that's one of those bungee lies that they tell oh you'll never see this happen again and then sure enough later on you're going to see an expansion that is just as big as uh forsaken but well you, you can't know, really say never say never but also never it's very never. hard to judge how expansive something really is right mm -hmm. i mean they can build a pretty massive world but if there's not a whole lot to do in it, then does it really matter? Can you really, exactly. you know, can you really judge the game based on the size of the planet or the destination? And I, I not necessarily, because I think that ultimately, um, for me, there are certain seasons that maybe were smaller expansions, but there was so much to do that it was like, shit, Absolutely. like, I'm feeling like I'm doing a lot here. Like Season of Opulence, for example, like we had all these menageries, which were to me perfect ex execution of endgame content. And I really wish they brought them back or created something based on that because that was just perfect. And here's the other question that I have Why is it that the title for Fatebreaker does not require a flawless completion of anything? That's what I want to know. Like That's if you are, or, or any of the titles for that matter, mm -hmm. nothing requires any flawless anything. 
There should and be. It seems like the game is becoming a little bit more casualized than yeah. I'd like to see. And I'm not saying that the game shouldn't be made accessible for casual players, but I think that there should be also pursuits for hardcore players who want to pursue pinnacle content and do more difficult activities. And I think that kind of is starting to seem a bit lacking, um, especially with this season. Well, let's talk about that then, because I think that's been a big debate. And we, me, me and my guys, we've debated about this a while um, when it comes to Destiny still kind of leaning towards the casuals when it comes to certain things, especially when it comes to in-game activities. Um, you know, we as veteran players, we've been through the ringer, you know, for seven years now. Um, and we've seen how brutal Destiny 1 could be um, when it came to chasing things, exotics, um, new weapons, stuff like that. Um, um, I do think you're right uh, when it comes to, you know, okay, for the hardcore, make something, put something in the game to the point, especially with Grandmaster Nightfall, do a flawless completion. You get this if you can do this. You know, hardcore players are going to be prepared for it. They're going to get down and say, you know what? All right, let's go do it. I think the same thing when it came to the infighting, when it came to pinnacles. You remember when they decided to say, we're taking away the pinnacle weapons. You know, uh, it's too powerful, even though, like you said in the beginning, um, where pinnacles, yes, they were very powerful, but the work that you had to put in to get them was substantial. Yeah, and, and that's why you did it. Was and that's why you did it. You did it because that was the meta weapon. And exactly. that was your pinnacle pursuit in the game to get that weapon. Exactly. Because it took so much to get the recluse and to get mountaintop. Now, I do think that there were some challenges with it. They couldn't balance it, right? And that's why, think about this. Since Destiny 1 first came out, when we got Fatebringer, Vexmith class. Gallarhorn, mm-hmm. um, what was it? Uh, Icebreaker, like all of these weapons, yeah. they they were too powerful, right? Very. And Bungie had to take a step back, like the Black Hammer, right? They realized, wait a minute, yeah. no, 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 this is too powerful. They can't do that. That's why we got the Black Spindle because that was the exotic mm-hmm. version of the Black Hammer. Yep. But Bungie has always had a problem with balancing the game because it's really difficult to make a game where you become a monster killing machine and they can also balance it where like you're not melting bosses i think also this community is very smart and they figure stuff out there's a lot of people who play the game and Uh i don't know how some things get figured out but people do so you know people always find ways to melt and to to get an advantage in the game right and bungie is always trying to kind of stay ahead of that Uh but i think I would challenge the thought that maybe the answer to it is to separately balance PvP and PvE, where PvE can exist in that format where if you want to melt bosses, fine. Like, if that's how you want to play the game, don't limit us. But also create a balance in PvP where it doesn't feel like it's, you know, a stasis... um, Mm -hmm killing a nightmare 
like it has been in last season. Yeah, because you notice now, you know, when it comes to the state of PvP, uh, uh, mostly now it's not even the guns that that people are worried about. It's the it's really the ability. You know, when we had a problem with stasis, um, yes, they nerfed it now. You know, it's it's in line with everything else, but like still, we still have that problem where we we still have this the um, so the super that we've been had since uh the beginning of the game life cycle that still needs an upgrade a sandbox change if we're going to be heading into more darkness subclasses we need to bring the uh, light subclasses in par and in line with these new these new ones you know i think that's the big problem they've been talking about and teasing about forever we haven't seen that update yet for them. I hope maybe Witch Queen, who knows? Maybe next season they got something in store. Who knows? But I um, think that's one of the big ones. So I would doubt that they would introduce any new ability during a smaller expansion, like a season. I think that yeah, they yeah. would probably reserve something like that for uh, the Witch Queen or Lightfall probably both if you really think about it i think we'll get one during the witch queen and then one yeah. during lightfall um but it's going to be really interesting what they come up with and correct me if i'm wrong but didn't bungie say that they're going to plan another major expansion in between witch queen and lightfall yeah yep that's going to be interesting to see what that's all about and what yeah. that could be because that's something completely new that we that did we not expect, right? Mm -hmm. And that also begs to question if they will create an in-between ex major expansion in between the Witch Queen and Lightfall, what does that mean for Lightfall So and the Destiny franchise? Seen, yeah, from what I'm seeing, it, and this is what they were saying, um, Basically, it's Lightfall is the end of the light and dark saga of Destiny. And then there's supposed to be a new saga of Destiny leading into whatever is next, you know, in Destiny. So once we get to Lightfall, whatever happens, you know, in Lightfall, uh, you know, that's just the end of that chapter, basically. So, I mean, there's more to come in Destiny. It's just where do they go from here? You know, because it's always been like the light and the dark thing. Um, but I've always said back in the day, and I remember even the um, the Last Word podcast, they actually said that too. Um, they think, and I definitely think, that there's a bigger enemy that we haven't seen yet. You know, that's beyond this light and dark thing. And once that, I think that's when he's going to reel his head whatever it may be yeah and i'm i'm very excited for that time to come because i mean yes. if you think about it lightfall will still be destiny 2 right and yeah. there's a lot of people who want a destiny 3 not just an expansion but a real destiny 3 a real reboot to the game engine to how they build and connect and 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 just start fresh right and i mm -hmm. think that whatever may come after lightfall will be that opportunity for them to rebuild and I create so something too. even more amazing and i'm excited for that and it's going to be really interesting to see what that could look like 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, and the thing about it, what people got to realize too, is that like they're looking at the numbers of players who are on still on last gen consoles um, as well. So they want to make sure that just like they did with um, Destiny One with Rise of Iron. Okay, we got a lot of people was on PS4, Xbox Ones. We can now kind of move past the old gen and we're going to launch this on the next gen. I th- that's uh, I think that's what they're trying to aim for um, when it comes to, that's why they kind of spread it a lot of stuff out. Okay, we got to, we're going to put another expansion here after Witch Queen and then we got Lightfall. And then at that point, most people should already kind of transfer themselves over to PS5 and Series X at that time where they can say, okay, now Destiny 3, we're already, we're working on it. We're ready to go. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for what Destiny 3 could look like Yeah, because I think that's going to be a game that is without boundaries, without limitations from last gen hardware and, it will truly allow for them to build an experience yes. that we always dreamed of having, but they have been limited in their ability to do. And plus, didn't Bungie also kind of confirm that the current engine that they have make it very difficult for them to add and to build upon? That is so true. Yep. certain things that would take them, you know, normally five minutes, ten minutes to fix is taking them hours to days Mm -hmm. to really implement so i think that's another factor that will play a big role after lightfall yeah i definitely agree with you because like you said that system the old the old system that they have right now it's 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 old it's it's an old system that they're using to try to keep on getting keeping this game alive and like i said once they go to a new system they'll be able to really allow just like when you think about it, when it comes to the NPCs, we don't really get a chance to fight with them. You know, I think a newer system will allow us to see them fight with us, like Saint 14, you know, certain missions, you see them fighting with you and stuff like that. Um, we really can't get that with this old system that they have in place right now. Um, you know, so once Destiny 3, that's going to be a whole fresh new game with a new experience that we haven't seen and they're able to really reach in their imagination, especially and pull out something wonderful. Um, yeah. When it comes to it now or uh, freedom to actually put things in that they wanted to put in, put in that they couldn't. Um, so that's why, yeah, I'm definitely excited for destiny three and see what they have to offer because I guarantee it's going to be something that we've never seen. Um, them do in a game like that now yeah no absolutely mm -hmm. now i do want to touch on this so now you know we're seizing the splicer um from what we what we're seeing right now you know uh we finally got mithrax and house of light on our side we knew something like that would happen eventually um you know we finally got two assets we got keitel and her her cabal empire and then we got uh we got mithrax and my guess is my question is um from what we're seeing in the lore i'm sure as we got a lot of we got lore heads too what we've seen in the lore 
Um, I think for me, I personally don't think we're going to actually fight Sabathun and the Witch Queen, to be honest. I think she she um, there's she wants us to do something. Uh, she I, I don't think that she's actually the enemy that we think she's going to be. Um, I think she's gonna. She she reminds me of how Loki is. If you notice how Loki is, he's always a trickster. You know, he says yeah. some really good things. He but. So, you know, he, he always does those things that will kind of, you know, put you in, in jeopardy at times, but, you know, he can be a hero as well. And I think um, it's like that, you know, her worm allows her, it, it can't be, you know, this trickster, this deceiver. It really forces her because it needs to feed. And I think, and from what she, from what it looks like in the lore, she can't get rid of this worm. And I'm almost sure she's going to need us to do that for her. So what you think, yeah. man? Do you think she's going to be like some big villain like Oryx, or you feel like she might become a future ally at some point? So I think I think Savathun probably isn't going to be an ally. I think there will come a time when we will have to ultimately fight Savathun. Mm-hmm. While it can potentially happen during um, the Witch Queen, I don't know if that will necessarily be the case. Perhaps we may fight her during Lightfall. That might be interesting as a conclusion of that storyline, but also a beginning of something maybe even bigger, right? Yeah. Um, I see potentially some ties to the King's Fall raid come back during the um, Witch Queen Mm -hmm. um, season. I also think that we might see Marasov come back during the Witch Queen. You don't think she'll come back next season? It's or possible, but I I don't know. I'm I probably think she's gonna come back during something more major than um a smaller season. You know, I think that we will get some storylines that will maybe introduce her coming back, but ultimately yeah. I think that she'll truly be back during the next major expansion because you got to also remember that, you know, she's such a big character that I think they would want to bring her back in a larger scale. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think she would probably come back more during the witch queen than um, season 15, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that that's possible. That's, that's very possible. Or do you think she could, they could do a thing like they did Eris Warren you remember uh, in season of the, uh, what was it? Uh, season of Rivals. We had her there. And then, of course, you know, they had her in Beyond Light. She been, she was kind of, you know, planting the seeds um, when it comes to that. Because, yeah, Mara Sauber is a very big character. And you want to put her in something substantial. Like, if yeah. she's going to return, she's got to be at the forefront. And, and I think they might show her appearing in some form during season 15 i don't think she will be the main character of season 15 i don't think that she will be the the big character that will kind of guide 
the path for the guardians like you know we we have that every season we have a new character yeah. that kind of takes front and center stage true yeah you're i mean you're you're absolutely right about that because uh, i mean the way uh bungie is talking when it comes when they talk about the uh the witch queen dlc is that it's going to be something that we've never really experienced before um it's going to from what they're saying, it's it's gonna be big, um, and then there's a lot of characters. Do you do you see yourself seeing Mithrax and Keitel, um in it in some form, some shape or form? I do. Um, I, I don't see that being completely not possible. Um, I don't know how they will play a role in the upcoming content. I try to stay spoiler free as much as i can so i don't yeah, necessarily yeah. read into the um spoilers that come out and all of the leaks that come out with um the api yeah um <laughs> so i'm not sure exactly what will happen next season yeah i think we're gonna get some bit of a king's fall raid maybe at some point yeah uh, they did so talk around that yeah, I think that if it's not going to be the raid that we see come back um, during the Witch Queen, I think that you know it will be some type of in between raid that comes back during a future season after the that's Witch what Queen. I was thinking. Yeah. yeah, and that's going to be fantastic. Which you know, I think it's going to be. Uh, I think the Witch Queen is going to bring us a whole new raid, just based oh, on yeah. the fact that they're taking the extra time to do it. I think based on that, it's going to be a more meat and potatoes feeling content uh, drop that we get. I think it's going to be much closer to Forsaken and what That's we got with that. So um, I'm excited for that. I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen in that yeah. uh, future season but um i think it's going to be really exciting to play and but you know i do know one thing there's a lot of talks about europa being the destination where we will be playing um during the witch queen you think so you were going back uh i think they were i think they're saying something about old chicago oh no i'm sorry old old chicago that's that's what i meant i'm sorry not europa I, yeah. I thought to myself like Europa. That doesn't quite sound right. Um, like, Wait a minute. <laughs> maybe I'm not. I'm not meaning to say that. I I meant Old Chicago. So yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and what's what's on Old Chicago? What can we potentially have on Old Chicago that could give us a hint to what we'll be playing? Well, there is a couple piece of um, that mentioned Old Chicago, especially there's a recent one as well. And um, if I'm not mistaken, there's a lot of hive there as well uh, that resides in uh, old Chicago, um, too. So, I mean, that's a big possibility as well. Uh, and that, and you know, that could actually be just one location. And that could be, an, I, I think there might be another one as well, you know. Uh, but, I mean, that's interesting, man. It definitely, because... That concept art that they put out, I mean, it looked like a green forest area and it kind of looked dark in there. I mean, could it be yeah, a war moon? That is really interesting. 
Um, uh-huh. So I think it would make a total total sense for Eris Morn to come back in some form during that so season. Um, so I definitely see Morla coming back, and Morla's the voice actress of Eris Morn. And yeah. she's been tweeting about Destiny. She's excited about the game. I mean, she's very mm-hmm. enthusiastic about it. So I would not count the idea out of her working on more content for the game to build yeah. more narrative, more story. And I think that Eris Morn is a very interesting character. And I don't think that we are done with that storyline either. What about I, the I don't think The Exo Stranger too. I think that mm-hmm. she's going to be part of that storyline also. I see her yeah. coming back very much um, during the Witch Queen. And I mean, yeah. I, I honestly think that, you know, Mara Sav might make an appearance next season that introduces whatever happens during Witch Queen. I was perhaps, so too. Perhaps in December, we might get some kind of, you know, seasonal event for, for the holiday. And mm-hmm. during that time, we might see an appearance by Mara Sav. Perhaps we'll get a dungeon during season 15. There's going to be, be something great. in season 15, right? Yeah. And that could set the path for what's next. And I think that would be really exciting. We're getting potentially old Chicago back. Um, mm-hmm. The hive, you know, we have this green area that almost resembles, um, what is that place? It's the, the final area where you fight the Black Garden. Uh, in the storyline yeah um in d1 although i don't think we're going to go back to venus um that wouldn't make a ton of sense that wouldn't make any sense to do that but yeah you're true that's very that's very possible um yeah i I definitely agree with you uh i think uh i think i think next season because they did say it's going to be pretty lengthy um it's going to be a pretty big one um to end off you know the seasons for this year. So uh, I think definitely it's going to be kind of like a season of arrivals type of esque season where, you know, it's a big lead off. It's a prelude to witch queen. Yeah. How do you think that uh, Bungie will deal with the whole gap that's, you know, after season 15, do you think season 15 is just going to be longer until, the witch queen or do you think we'll see a season 16 and when do you think we'll get the witch queen because i don't think they set a date yet um my guess is it's probably going to be around january that we're probably going to see the witch queen come out uh most definitely that's what i'm i'm guessing um it's probably going to be in january but um because if we think about it next season starts august 10th right so we yeah. got August 10th, October, de- uh, November, December, um, and then January-ish. So I think uh, it's going to last us a while. Whatever, how big, however big it, this inside the scope and the meat and potatoes in between. Um, I think, I don't know if they're going to, and if they do say, oh, February, we're going to do Witch Queen, they're probably going to put out another season. Um, yeah. But uh, I can see them doing January, maybe mid-January, um, that uh, the next one. Because I know they were saying, you know, they don't want to have another drought like they did uh, with trying to get to Beyond Light. 
I mean, that was a tough one for us. Um, yeah, that was rough. <laughs> that was very rough. Um, they don't want to do that. And that's another reason why they said, okay, we're going to just go ahead and launch this uh, this bad boy out. Um, yeah, I can see it January, them launching Witch Queen, which would be very cool, you know, you know, after the holidays we're in. Um, but it, this one, this season is going to be pretty lengthy. So I can about imagine you might get a dungeon, you get some new things, um, you know, Maybe they might put another raid. Who knows um, what they got planned? You know, they might dust off maybe a Crota's in or something. Maybe a Crucible map. Who knows? That would yeah. be kind of cool. Crucible maps, Please. maybe. Please, you know. Just one. Just one, one map. Can't hurt. One or... right? can't, can't be that hard. <laughs> Thank you, Bungie. <laughs> you got a couple. And what's funny is we're getting more strikes down than we have, you know, before. You know, we got Chosen Strike. We got a couple of the old ones coming. You know, we've been pretty good with strikes. Now we just got to get this Crucible. You know, I want them to bring back the Nexus Strike. Where's the yes. Nexus? Like, that was a oh, yeah. iconic strike. If there's any strike that I want them to bring back, it's that one. And the Blood mm-hmm. Brothers. Remember oh, that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That strike was good. That I was a fun that. strike. Enjoy uh-huh. that. If they bring that back, um, I'll be happy, man. But also bring us new strikes because I think yes. that, you know, strikes are actually fun to play. And um, I think they always do such a good good job with them, you know? And yeah. like, um, chosen was good. Destiny 1 had just so, man, they were so good. They were so Ballast, good. All of the strikes, you know, Ballasteric, you know? Oh, if they would have brought back, if they would have kept Mars, right? If they would have kept Mars and they just brought back um, because I would have been happy if they would have took a Nessus away and just kept Mars. But if they would have had Mars and they say, hey, we're bringing back the Valor Strike. Oh, man, that would be like, that would have been epic. Let's see. You know, I love that strike. That was really good. Uh, You know, the Shield Brothers. um, They had so many strikes, man. So many. Yeah, so many iconic strikes that... um you miss you know and mm-hmm. you want them to bring those back and i'm sure that by the time that lightfall comes to an end we will see these iconic strikes i don't think bungie is ignoring the community who wants these things back in the game but also yeah. you want to allow for players who maybe haven't experienced those things in the game because they just haven't played back then right like as time goes on you know there are less and less veteran D1 players. I mean, I still remember the first year they had Christmas noobs. It was so cool to see that. Yeah. And then it was like year two Christmas noobs and year three Christmas noobs. And now it's like, <laughs> I can't even keep track. I'm just like, I'm just a veteran of the game. Track. I just love to play. I don't know. Yeah, man, you're you're spot on. Like, I think um, when it comes to that, especially like if you think about it, um, and, and, and that's the thing, you know, when they bring new stuff, I love the new stuff. But I think one of the biggest questions, too, is when it comes to, you know, we get an next expansion and we all know what happens as well. We get to that point where the Destiny Vault conversation starts coming back into play. And, um, you know, we got to think about I don't think they're going to take away Tangle Shore right now, but 
I could see them taking away Dreaming City and um and also uh probably Nessus. I can see them probably taking those two away. Um will you be okay with that? Or you're just like, I don't know. You know, I'm at a point where I'm okay with whatever they bring us. You know, whatever yeah. destiny ends up giving us in the game, I'll be happy with it. You know, I'm not going to be upset about it. I'm not going to feel like, oh, shit, I'm so disappointed with this content. Like, I wasted my money. Like, it's never like that, ever. Yeah. You know, yeah. I always enjoy the game, even if it's for two or three weeks or a month or two months, whatever the time is, I always enjoy the game. So whatever they're able to give us, I will be happy and grateful for. Yeah, I agree. You know something? No one ever talked about... Um... That was a new strike in Shadow Keep that they took away. <laughs> and it was that one on IO. Uh they took that away. <laughs> uh, is it Exodus Crash? Uh-uh. It was it was on IO, the one where uh you had to fight this taken boss. Um, who was it? What was it called? Uh, uh I can't I can't remember the name of it, but uh they took the, it was a new one for Shadowkeeper. I was like, oh man. They took that away. <laughs> yeah, I, I was is it uh, is it the Pyramidian? No, it wasn't that one. It was a new one. Um, Shadowkeeper wanted to put it. The festering core, maybe? Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah. Okay. I was like, well. Yeah. You know what it is? I think that um with some of these nightfalls, I think that they're kind of too much of a pain in the ass, to be honest with you. Some of them are just, let me put it this way. If you have to back out of a strike because it's just such a pain, I think that the developers need to rethink the development structure of those strikes. And there's a few of them right. that we just either avoid or they completely remove because they realize, oh, shit this is impossibly difficult and there's no <laughs> way that we can allow for this to exist because it, it, it messes up the balancing of the game. Right. Yeah. Um, so I do want them to put a better focus on balancing strikes when they create new ones, because I think mm -hmm. that there's a way to do it. And I think that sometimes they don't really, um, hit the mark and at the same time it's like you got to realize that they can only do so much right like right the game's been out for seven years like how many strikes have we had in d1 like we've had like 50 strikes like yeah at least how what can they do like there's there's a limit to what they can do they can try to yeah, make things more difficult yeah, yeah that's why they're bringing them back because they realized that when destiny 2 launched they made some mistakes mistakes were made right yeah like they abandoned what was really good about the game that people mm -hmm. fell in love with. And they changed things up in such a way that didn't really make the game overall better. I think that was a problem. I think they were experimenting <laughs> with things. Yeah. I think they were experimenting with things. And I think the developer who was somewhat responsible for that decision did come out and apologize and said that, hey, you know, this was not the intention that we had and i own that mm -hmm. like so i respect that 
And I think that Bungie is a very different company than what they were when Destiny first came out. Like we wouldn't get roadmaps back then. Nope. We wouldn't see what is coming next year. We wouldn't have a name of the next major expansion or the one after that. Like These are things that Bungie developed into. It took time mm-hmm. for them to grow with the community. And I think that's really cool. And we're going to continue to see progress like this in the game. I think Bungie yeah. is listening more than most people realize. That's true. Yeah, yeah, you're right, man. You hit you hit it right on the nail, especially with back in the day, you know, you didn't know what expansion was coming out. You just, you know, you played the game and then one day you wake up, oh, here's a trailer for the next uh the next expansion. Oh, what? You know, it, they they there was no um this week at Bungie type of deal, you know. Uh you had to just well, they they, they did. They had the Bungie Weekly Update, and I think they had that from like kind of the very beginning when Deej was running it. Yeah, so, right. I mean, yeah, he they, did. I think they always had the weekly updates uh, in the game, which I I loved. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I read every single one of them. I don't oh, miss yeah, it man. ever. I always yeah, read the updates. And I mean, now that we're podcasting, I especially read the updates because I have to create you show notes to. for the episodes but um it's you know it's something that is very special about thursdays i think you know yeah. get a new weekly update from bungie we know what's coming in the future um and while i think that they always had those updates i don't think they were always as transparent about the things that were included in them and i think that's where they have really excelled over the years Absolutely. I agree with you. and i think both dmg and cosmo are doing a phenomenal job with um, the community and with taking feedback to the developers with engaging with the community. And sometimes I just feel bad that they have to endure so much negativity and toxicity in the community because there's a lot of people in the community who feel like just because they're sitting behind their computer and nobody sees them that they can say anything they want. They can be as nasty as they feel. And they don't realize that these are real people trying their hardest to bring us the best game that we can have to entertain us, to give us something to play during a time when we really need a game to play. Absolutely. Oh, I do want to, I do want to put this out there. This is one thing that I definitely wanted to, I want to see, you know, uh, Bungie always use, you know, when it comes to them designing their uh, armor, based off on a lot of times they will base certain things off of different cultures, right? the you know like mongolian armor sets you know uh feudal japan stuff like that armor sets right roman armor sets Mm -hmm. i i want them to i do want them to do a um i really hope that they do this do a uh uh african expired you know armor set i think that would be really cool to see you know yeah that would be really cool. I, what if we actually got to like have a destination that's based on somewhere in Africa? Like, how cool would that be? Oh yeah, man, that like, would that be- would be really fascinating and really cool for them to really capture the cultural essence of you know Africa to build mm-hmm. structures and you know that would make for such a really interesting raid. Oh man, that Imagine would be that. the coolest thing ever, man. 
yeah it, that now, would be cool i i don't see that happening until probably after lightfall that's what because I, yeah. I think they have they have a plan they they you know they they already know what they're doing um but i think after that we have a lot of different cool um unique opportunities there i will say one thing i think that the entire team at bungie is very fas- fascinated with you know space and different planets and different yep. um destinations and they have a phenomenal art team that really does a great job with building out these environments so mm-hmm. the possibilities are endless yeah so right. I, I think it's going to be really cool to see where we go next and what the future holds that's what i'm excited to see you know will we go to jupiter you know uh it's just a lot of stuff and my thing too and life and i hope we can only hope um you know i'm a big time lord guy right so um peace um because i like to watch bike videos as well shout out to bike but uh um bike is awesome Oh yeah, he is amazing. But um Bife Bife did a video, you know, about the Nazarek Sin um helmet, exotic helmet for the Warlocks. And Nazarek is we've heard his name come up many times in the lore. Even Drifter has said he's been to one of his tombs. And uh it's like um what I wanna know is who is Nazarek. And, you know, my only guess I can think of is he's a champion, a darkness champion or something. You know, um, that guy is, seems like he's pretty big and well-known. I would love to see if we actually get a chance to meet him, you know, because it does say in, like, the Lord, all seems lost, he will call to you, you know. Do you think he might potentially come back during season 15? make an appearance in some way i mean that's possible it's they could surprise us and we'll be like oh my god i did not realize it was him you know i mean because the way things are going now like just like there's a lot of stuff happening especially in this season you got lash me is rallying up the people angering the people because you got the fallen well i can't call them fallen anymore the elixir you know, House of Light is here. Um, and they're actually genuine. They are followers of the, the Traveler, the Great Machine. They want to help humanity. And they want to just be at peace with humanity. You know, like, hey, listen, we're, we're not what you guys are used to. We're guys who, you know, you know, be under the Traveler. We want to help you guys fight the darkness and Sabathun and all those things. We're here. Just listen to us. And then you have um, the sneakster, the suspect, Osiris, and which I don't, which I don't think that's Osiris. That could be Sabathun, you know, um, going around planting seeds and acting really suspect, you know. And in the lore, Sabathun is literally walking the streets of the city, which is, which is really bad. <laughs> it's just like one thing after the endless night, Korea, you got this and you got that. It's brand <laughs> You know, I did not consider Sabathun being 
um, the trials um, uh, person. Yeah, Osiris. That's, yeah, Osiris. Yeah, that would be pretty interesting. What if Osiris is really sucks. dead and she killed him, and she's pretty much hiding in his body? Yeah, that that's a possibility. I think I think she captured the real Osiris, and um, I was I, I was putting my tinfoil hat on because you remember she's in the hunt, right? Osiris went by himself to go fight the high celebrant. What if he got captured? And he didn't actually die, and Sabathun took on the form of Osiris, you know, throughout the rest of like the whole that, seasons going through. That would be interesting. And she's very much making right guardians go against each other in yeah. trials. Yeah. Uh, like, just think about it. Osiris took the crown of sorrow and brought it back to the city. That's sus number one. Why would you do that? Being that this thing right here has manipulated minds and, and you know, it's doing things that it shouldn't be doing. It's calling to the darkness and stuff like that, which is, can have a big impact on the city. And now, like, he's kind of talking about, you know, hey, what if we can capture Coria? The things that we can learn. It's just like, that's kind of suspect. Why would you want to capture Coria knowing that this thing is the one that's that's pulling the strings, you know, for Sabathun to create this endless night that's draining the city? You wouldn't want to capture something like that. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. And everything that's happening with Lakshmi also is very interesting. Now, I, I don't know how it's going to end. I know that mm -hmm. there are some spoilers that are out there, but I don't know exactly how the story will progress but i'm excited to learn how everything just comes together like you know we're talking about all of these characters that have so many loose ends and so many untold mm -hmm. finales and i think that we have a lot of things that will kind of come to a cool cool conclusion in a really fun way yeah yeah and it's it, it's crazy man you know i'm just it's so it's so exciting to uh to really see how things are really just unfolding sabbath yeah. is here she's walking the city and like we're in more trouble than we think <laughs> you know do you think do you think season 15 will be able to top the story that we're getting in season 14 because i mean things are getting pretty interesting I think so I think so. I think this. I think right now we're heading on a big trajectory till season fifteen. I think there's something big that's probably going to happen to season fifteen, and I wouldn't even be surprised if we might. I wouldn't be surprised. That just like I was talking, we was talking about uh, Sabathun, and we was talking about Barasov. I wouldn't be surprised if like. Uh, we end up talking to Sabathun for a little bit, or she kind of make a demand that leads us right up to the Witch Queen. I wouldn't be surprised if we end up seeing her at some point, um, either near the end of uh, season 15. We might see some little teaser with her. 
uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think we're definitely going to see more of uh, Savathun. I think that, you know, she's going to play a major role in some future expansion, wherever that fits. Yeah. Uh, whether it be the Witch Queen or Lightfall, I think she's going to unfold and we're going to fight her. And I think it's going to be a very interesting fight. And I think it's going yeah. to happen within the confines of a raid. Mm. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if that could happen during the Witch Queen. Do you think that during the next major expansion we'll actually fight Savathun? Um, being that she's 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 a trickster, I don't think even if we fight her, I don't even think that'll be the real one. I think mm, that'll be a good fake. Point. You know, so will will we ever get to a point where we find her and kill her and put an end to Savathun? as we know, or do you think that she will be immortal and she will play a role in whatever may come after Lightfall? This is my, I, this is how, this is my theory on it. And based off of what I've seen in the lore, you know, she is not like, she's not like her other, her other kin, like in the aspect, you remember how Oryx, Oryx came revenge. She was, he had guns blazing He's gonna take everybody because he's gonna avenge his son, you know. But he never thought about, you know what? Why I shouldn't be doing it? I shouldn't go about this this way. If I really want to take care of the guardians, I need to do it from the inside, the inside, and break them apart. The thing about Savathun is she's not gonna let your her intentions be known. She's always like, okay, I'm gonna think before I even decide to even go at the guardians and i think for her she has really she's not about the sore logic she doesn't like the sore logic and being though a lot of things in the lore has shown that she really doesn't she wants to do things her own way and um she's kind of going against what the hive um the hive have been worship worshiping and ritualized uh, throughout the entire existence um, she's kind of going against that you know especially making this murder battery to kind of feed her uh worm and um you know that's her reason why she wanted to she wants to get to the distribute terry you know and try to like literally be able to get rid of her worm in a way so she can get rid of her worm, she can do whatever she wants. And um, she's kind of like observing humanity, how we act and everything like that. So from what I can see, especially what Nacris said back in season arrival, remember when we fought him? Yeah, I remember Nacris. That was a really fun strike, by the way. Hope they bring yeah. it back. Uh-huh. And you remember him saying, especially when we fought him in season of arrivals in the ascended uh -huh. plane, he was saying, you know, she wants she wants us to join her. Like she did, she really don't want to destroy us. She wants us to join her. And it's like um she she has some type of motive, I think, um, going forward that it's not like we know the hive to do, um, and to have certain things. And I think she wants us to she has demands and she wants us to uh do what she wants 
us to so it's going to be a different twist that we've never is seen. it then a situation of her wanting us to join her to fight against another evil or is it her wanting for, to have us join so she can brainwash us to do evil things like where does that fit i think with her it's like she and and what's funny is she doesn't really like the darkness too so i think what her motive is like listen you know i'm gonna i'm doing these things to you guys so i can get your attention your full attention on me and that i'm gonna make a demand on what i want done if you're gonna leave me then if you're gonna join me then that's good. We're going to do this and this and that. But if you don't, I'm going to kill you because I'm ripping mm. you guys apart within it, within the inside right now, you know, and just think about it. Cause the endless night, that was brilliant for Savathun. Brilliant move. I'm going to take Coria, which is a taken mind. The only mm. taken mind. And that she's still, She's not all the way taken. She still has her mind as a vex as well. So she can still, Coria can still think think for herself, but she still does Sabathun's will. So Coria, being that Coria's a mind, she can insta take care, take the uh, vex, you know, and manipulate them. And we got to also think about this. Them plunging the, the city in the endless night, they took a lot of their resources um, the Vex took a lot of the resources to do this under Sabathun's control. They're not even in control of themselves right now. And it once we take a serious blow to the uh, Vex as a whole, that's going to cripple them to a smaller type of faction because of this. And, uh, you know, and just for Sabathun's will. And Sabathun is like, silly, silly everybody. Because now I get to walk the city while you guys are in chaos. Your people are turning against the elixir. They're listening to the corruption. They're all singing my song in the city. It, it's just, it's getting, she has some type of plan. Let's rip them up in the inside to the point where they'll have to bend down and kneel to me. That's really interesting. I did not even consider that. Mm-hmm that would create for a very interesting storyline and um it's exciting it's exciting to see what bungie is able to bring us Mm -hmm. with the storyline in the game in upcoming seasons and the next major expansion with lightfall and the witch queen yeah and the crazy thing about that too is the fact that you know, Sabathun is literally in the city. She's literally doing these things, and we don't see her. And and the thing about it, Osiris, that's not, I, I don't think that's the real Osiris. Because of what he's doing and what he's saying, he's saying a lot of sus things. And then he also, in the lore, there's a lore tab where he, um, he basically accuses Saladin of a uh, uh, Plotting that, plotting that, uh, kill on Osiris. I mean, on Zavala. Oh wow! Yeah, this guy is acting very suspect right now. That's not the Osiris that we know. He's stuttering on his words. You know, when he was talking to Mithrax, and uh, 
he even uh uh Segura said Osiris never stutters when he's talking. Oh yeah. Yeah, he was stuttering. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, so <laughs> just putting the pieces together, just seeing like this guy is not he there's something off about him. Do you and think that he- do you think that this storyline will conclude this season or do you think we're gonna see him next season do you think something will happen where i think we're gonna, gonna find happen. out i think something's gonna happen in this season and um something's i just know something big is about is about to happen and we gotta also remember too lashmi is building a vex portal within the city that's not good at all she's plotting something and and now that we know that uh you know uh Icora kind of cut her comms this week of her preaching her uh her blasphemy to the city this is going to be make some sh- big repercussions because at the end of the day now she's talking to the other faction members leaders about you know that she's trying to plot a plot like something big and uh, especially with that Vex portal. Why would you need a Vex portal? You know, what's going on? And in her vision, she says she see that the, the city is going to get attacked. You know, there's going to be a, a big attack coming up. It's That's all really more, interesting. Yeah, it's all kind of like it's the pieces are being put in place. Something is about to happen. And it's going to be a big kickoff. <laughs> it's gonna be crazy. That's what that epilogue. Ah, man, it's gonna be so much fun. So, how many more expunge missions do we have that are new this uh, season? Is it two more or three more? I believe it's I two it's, more. I think it's three more. If I'm not mistaken, three more. Because okay. yeah, because now we're now we're in the. This was the first. This week was the first corrupted um, that we've had. Um, mm-hmm. We I think we got two more corrupted, and then. It's either two or three more because we do have to. We had to get to the moon one, um, the Europa corrupted one. What else? Uh, this week we were already at the Tango Shore. We already did that one. Yeah, we got the moon and we got Europa that we have to get. We have to do. So uh, it's it's interesting, man. It's it's crazy. <laughs> it's getting it's getting real and just. You remember when we went in that corrupted strike this week and uh, we saw those strange texts on the side? So I have not done it yet this week. I still have oh, to do it. Um, man. But uh, I'm excited to check it out. Oh, man, you're going to be weirded out when you see it. <laughs> I'm excited. I I am looking forward to it. Yeah, man. This, this season is really good, man. I am... I'm hyped about seeing just to see Mythrax in his entirety and get a chance to really, you know, learn about the Elixni and how they are and how they see us. It's really cool. And it's like, you cannot, you can, it's like we both were wrong. The guardians were wrong and the, the fall, you know, and to get a chance to see the dialogues, between each other okay especially with a saint 14 you know with his crusade you know now he feels like i need a redemption because i did do a lot of horrible stuff 
um, to innocent Alexi that never attacked me. I killed children, Alexi. I'm a monster too, you know. And I thought these guys were monsters. They're, these guys are monsters too, and I'm an, I'm a monster. So now we got to come together and create a better future for both. So now he realized that now, you know, and that's the cool thing about that. Cause no one, everyone always did a whole lot of fighting back in the past and Destiny one, but no one sat down and asked why, why are we doing this? What's the purpose? <laughs> yeah, that's cool no, thing. that's a, that's a great point. I, I didn't consider that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's the cool thing that, you know, just getting a chance to see the healing between the two, uh, you know, the two races is really cool, especially having Kaido in the mix. You know, she really thinks Zavala's a very good leader and she don't want anything to happen to him. You know, and it, it's cool. It's cool to see the, all of these guys. And this is basically just gearing up to when we're fighting the darkness. Now we got these allies. And uh, if people, I don't know if people are really seeing this, but now that we got the Cabal, now that we have the Elixir with us, you know, and whoever else is going to join us as well, we got to see there are going to be new enemies coming as well. Mm. So, yeah, like we've never seen the Black Fleet Fleet's ranks. We haven't seen them yet. They're there. They've been talked about, but we've never seen them um, before. And I think in Lightfall, that's probably when we're going to see the darkness um, factions come together to so fight us. If we can safely predict we're going to old Chicago in mm-hmm. the Witch Queen, where could we potentially be going in Lightfall? I would say, um, I think we're going to stretch out somewhere that we've never been. Um, and because if we think about it, uh, the drifter has mentioned a place where so-called has snuffed out your light. And he's been to this place where there was creatures that could literally take you out in your sleep that we've never seen, you know, before. There's so many places, um, that we haven't been the Jovian area. Um, and also, the thing about Kaido, because we remember uh, Shivor Raph is still out there. That's the other sister, the aspect of war. And she took over the Cabal homeworld. Could we possibly go to the Cabal homeworld? That's possible. The fight Shivor Raph. Yeah. Um, it, you know, that would actually be amazing to get well, a chance and to see that. That, that, would be, that would be a really interesting possibility. Because mm-hmm. didn't we during this season pretty much say we're not going to join the cabal? Yeah, we're yeah. not joining them. What if they figured out a way to like recreate uh, the Leviathan and just make it totally different during oh, a future man. season? And like we're fighting literally cabal on this like reinvented version of the leviathan that's completely different filled with secrets brimming with different lore and so much cool stuff i mean that that would be pretty interesting to see also that would be cool man yeah you know just to see that 
um, in its entirety, you know, and, and like you said, man, uh, just the fact that, you know, that would be cool. And to see that, because we also know, we don't know where Callus is at. He's off somewhere. All we know is from the Precious mission, that was it. The Prasad, uh, the Prasad, yeah. The, yeah, the Prasad, yeah. That, that was the last time we heard about him. Uh, he's missing. Um, we do know because of all of the things that Gaul did and the crusade that he led, he shouldn't have done it because, uh, you know, Chief Warrap came to invade right after he left. And, uh, you know, seeing that that whole thing tied together. And no one is actually mentioning this, but we do know that um, the uh, Hive sister's mother is still out there. She's still out there. And she was the reason why um, they decided to leave and go seek the the, mm-hmm. the worm god. She was the reason why. And she's still out there That's in that planet raging war and stuff. So we haven't, because she retreated in the Books of Sorrow, she retreated. We don't know where she's at. And we don't know how powerful she really is. And um, like I said, that that still, we still have three high worm gods, strong ones. It's still out there. We got Shiva Wrath. Once we take out Sabbath, if we take out Sabbath Dune, still got Shiva Wrath. And we also got the... Uh, the hidden swarm. So is it possible that we don't take out Sabathun? Because you said if. Yeah, if. Okay. I don't don't think we're going to take her out, actually. So what's the scenario if we don't take her out? Then what what happens? There's going to be a repercussion where, like, it's going to be something substantial where if we don't take her out, she might just be like, hey, listen, we fought already, but this is something that I think she's going to try to bribe us into something. I I feel like she's going to do something because she's trickery. You know, you, you can't tell what she's going to do and how she's going to do it. Um, I think there's going to be answers where she's going to try to persuade us to be a, be an ally or something somewhere. It's going to be crazy, but uh, I think that's probably what might happen we might fight a version of her that's not even her. And it's like, what? Because also remember, Nakris taught her how to use necromancy as well. So she can bring herself back. Hmm. Because of that. About that. Yeah. Because uh, uh, she she talked to Nakris and said, she was like, teach me how to use this necromancy. You know, and he taught it to her. So she's she's a smart one. She's she's not gonna allow herself to um, go down, you know, like that. I think it, she she's very smart, and that's the, I think that's the one thing that um, we could either be in trouble or we could like she might be onto something. She might know how to defeat the darkness. She might know how to do certain things. So she could be a possible key. Um, to the to, you know, future expansions, um, just That'd like really Aramis. Yeah, Aramis is, isn't dead either. Aramis, yeah, yeah. It's interesting uh, to mention Aramis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how 
Aramis comes into play as well with all of the story. Mm-hmm. And yeah, man, it, it's it's so many things. It's there's so many cliffhangers that that are out here in Destiny where it's like, okay, we still got this problem. Just like with Kaido and the Enclave. They try to assassinate Zavala. They're still out there. When is the next time they're gonna attack? You know, um, we have uh it's so many things. And just to, to think about it, you know. From right now in the present, we finally got a chance to reach Deepstone Crypt. We got a chance to explore that. Um, something that we never thought it was going to happen this soon, but we finally got it. Um, now, next, you know, learning about the homeworlds. Because as we can remember, um, you know, the Elixir homeworld was taken over. The Cabal Homer has been taken over. Um, they can't go back home until they deal with these problems. And I think, um, like I said, now they said newer, newer uh, destinations and new planets that they want to do for each new expansion. So I think we're going to go deeper into the system and um, see different things that we haven't seen before, like Jupiter, Neptune or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jupiter and Neptune. Yeah, that would be oh. really exciting to see. Yeah, um, and I'm sure whatever comes after Lightfall, we're not just going to get what we had before. We're not going to see Europa or Cosmodrome. We're going to get all new planets. So I think yeah. Jupiter could be very much a possibility. And uh, perhaps something big will happen during Lightfall with Sabathun. I think so too. Maybe coming out on top at the end maybe like we beat the raid and like we think that sabathun but it wasn't it was someone else and then yeah at the end you see like this video that really sets the stage for the next big thing yeah that would be really cool yeah it sounds so man i think we're onto something i think we're literally like predicting the future of destiny right now Mm -hmm. i think that just putting that stem that that tenfold hat on, man, and seeing how things are kind of lining up um, to the point where it's like, ah, I can see, I can see some things that they they possibly could do. Um, you know, like I said, leaders. We saw at the endless night. I don't know if you got a chance to read the uh, uh, the future, the the dark future from um, from uh, what's the name, uh, the strangers timeline you know in her timeline uh, Morn was the the witch queen um in that timeline and uh there was dark guardians as well so we also mm, got to remember the more we the more we play into this corruption of the darkness we're going to start to see uh, some guardians get tainted throughout to the point where like they're all for the darkness and things like that. I mean, because just the name of Lightfall, there's something big that's going to happen. Lightfall, yeah. Uh-huh. I think the corruption is going to spread during Lightfall. I yeah. predict that Eris Morn is going to get possessed. If we see her come back, I think we're going to see some so. questionable things come from her. And uh, I think you're right. Yeah, I think that 
there's going to be some interesting things with with all of these characters and even uh the crow i think mm-hmm. you know i think Somebody's there's some, gonna die i believe there's something mysterious about that's going on with all of this that you know yeah. we're, we're gonna have to really tune in and see what happens and how everything unfolds but it's very very interesting because if we can look at look at how if we even talk to Ar- think about Aramis, Aramis decided to screw fuck the the great machine. We're gonna mm-hmm. start worshiping darkness. And you remember in the season of Arrivals, you remember when we got we did that last mission, and we we went upstairs right in the darkness pyramid, <laughs> and it was yeah. showing us all the races and is looking at the pyramid ships. Like they're worshiping the pyramid ships. So Guardians, Cabal, uh, what else is show? Hive, Vex, Taken, all, all of them. They were yeah. all there. And I think when it comes to, if I can split some things, um, I can kind of go into detail. Like uh, the Cabal with the darkness, I think that's what Callus side is going to play. Because Callus has been tam- tampering with the darkness. And, um, you know, he decided to fled. He was trying to commune with the darkness. So I think that's going to play a part, too. We might end up having to kill Callus or something. Something might happen with him. I'm sure for some future season, because he left. The Glycon, you know. Um, you know, the Vex. There's probably going to be a timeline where they actually get one of the, a Splinter of Darkness and try to use it with their own thing, you know, and the hive, you know, them, the hive using darkness. Hey, you know, we, we'll see what's going on with them, but it's all pointing towards that light fall. I believe. Yeah. And it would be really interesting to see some of those darkness powers come to the guardians, because I think we're going to have to use the darkness to fight the darkness. And that's going to be really, really interesting to see how we're able to bring that all together. And I would not be surprised if we get some type of new weapon class that yes. has to do with the darkness, like kind of like uh, what we had with Malfeasance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Corruption type of a uh, subclass. Yeah, not only a corruption type subclass, but a corruption type. Um, burn, perhaps. Oh man, that right? Would be like cool. how not only do you have solar void and um, arc, but we also have some Ice, kind of darkness earth. type something. I don't know. Fire? Well, no, that's that that's solar. That's solar. What am I saying? Ice, um, poison. I don't know. Yeah, poison. Yeah, ice, poison, earth, maybe, and uh, or ice, poison, and some type of uh, some type of poison would make a lot of sense. Yeah, at poison, that's what people are saying. It's probably going to be in Witch Queen. That's probably going to be the next aspect, uh, the next uh, you know, super class, uh, for dark. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. That would make a ton of sense. And then maybe Earth for the next one, maybe something so what like would, that. What would Earth consist of as a subclass? What what would it do? 
like I can kind of see like um like for Titans, for instance, when it comes to the like them using it to make some type of colossus type of you know super something like that you know where they get to use a lot of earth rocks and stuff like that to move stuff and wield um i could kind of see something like that um you know like the hunters using some type of um rock javelins or something like that you know something cool you know i can i can imagine them doing something like really cool some type of tornado for the warlocks or something something cool like that especially with um the foliage that we have in destiny i'd love to see them create some kind of a nature type subclass where like you can allow for like trees to like come to life and just attack you or something really cool cool where like like roots under the ground or you something. You have roots just kind of like start attacking you from under and environments start to become your enemy. That would be yeah. really, really interesting to see something like that come to life. Mm-hmm. Um, that would bring some interesting perspectives into the game. Um, on the podcast, we also talked about doing like space battles, some type of... Uh, <laughs> Space combat that would be really cool for. I can see that doing a Destiny Three. Yeah, man, that would be sweet. Oh man, do you ever see uh, Forge mode come into Destiny? Maybe in Destiny Three. I can see that, like forging your own type of weapons, getting like 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 Forge mode. Like, do you remember in Halo where you can literally build your own maps and environments and? Oh yeah, I mean that's possible, man. Um, that's possible for Destiny Three, um, to to build. That would be cool, man. That, that would, would be, be cool. People could build their own maps. They had to they would have to worry about Bungie actually making them. You know, a creator. That would be cool, man. If they did that, um, I could see them doing that. Because um, I know they're planning something like that in Halo Infinite, right? So they are. Yeah, we know that technologically something like that is possible, but. Because Bungie hasn't given us anything like that in seven years, it's probably technologically not possible within their ecosystem to bring us something like that. But I do think that in the future, it could be a very interesting opportunity for us to have much more variety in the gameplay that we have. I agree. I definitely agree with that. Um, You know, yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, that would be good to have, and um, them doing like a uh, a little labs test, like they do, and see what people think of it. Yeah, and uh, I I could see them doing that. I mean, because then they'll have a lot more um, freedom to kind of create things like that, especially with a new engine and everything like that. They could create a lot of different changes and add things that they wanted to do like space battles like you said a space battle um playlist that would be cool like you're fighting different ships and armadas and stuff like that because if you think about it we have all these ships but we 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 don't use them you know (laughs) so it's like come on now let's get something yeah 
I think that would be pretty cool. And that would give them a lot more use and create for some pretty good, pretty interesting possibilities in PvP with just player versus player space battles. That would be pretty badass. Absolutely. Man, that would be that would be cool, man. You know, having something like that, and you have, and you have to deal with more with Amanda Holiday, especially um, when you, because you know she's the flight extraordinaire. So, you know, it, it'll be something like that. I think that would be cool. That would give a lot of new playability, um, especially having a new playlist like that. I mean, that's something that I think everyone has actually wanted to see. I mean, who would want to see you using your cool ship? You know, and especially, you know, you get these exotic ships, you know, what type of exotic space perks you get for, you know, yeah. ships. And I think I'm getting to a point now where I have so many of these like ships and sparrows and it's like, I don't care because they don't mm-hmm. really do anything. do anything, right? Like they're just taking up space that I don't really need taken up. Um, you remember so- sparrow racing? Oh man, I miss SRL. I miss that. Oh, I don't know why they got rid of Sparrow Racing League, but I think that made the holiday event. Uh, I believe that was during Osiris, right? When they had that they released, game SRL. I think the first one that they released for SRL was um, it was the it was the uh, Christmas event. I yeah, like, it was the, the Christmas event during Osiris, right? Yeah, I think so. No, no, no um, yeah, that was. Um, uh no that was it yeah that was a destiny one i think they when did they announce that it had to have been sr i think it was in king's fall now i'm curious yeah i think it was king's fall when they that season at king's fall when they announced it because I, I was like oh my it's either king's fall or it was uh i think it was king's fall if i'm not mistaken that was like the best thing ever, man. Everybody wanted a certain sparrow. You had to have a certain sparrow that you wanted that you knew that you know you were gonna win. That was during season of the dawn. It was during season, yeah. yeah. Yep. When we had SRL and Destiny 2. Um yeah. I was like, man. Okay. That was yeah, like that was that was so much fun. That was so much fun. And I, I, why do you think they never brought it back? Do you think that it's just the player base wasn't large enough for them to justify it? Because I mean, I think yeah. it was probably one of the most unique things in the game mm-hmm. in quite yeah. some time. And Lord Tabs talking about SRL. It's like that's recent. It's like, come on, man. You know, and I think because of the time when it was released, it wasn't, I would say the player base, it probably wasn't enough. I think you were on something. It probably wasn't enough for the player base that really wanted it until it was gone. And then once it was gone, yeah. everyone is like, oh, yeah, we need that. Because it was a part of the Crucible playlist. Yeah, and I think players really realized that like now that we don't have that and we are pretty much getting the same stuff that we had last year, you know, I mean, that that has been kind of a common theme and we try to be forgiving 
of that and understanding that, you know, they can, they can't give us so much new stuff all the time, but I do think that, you know, if they had SRL and if it's something they can bring into the game, it's better than what we had during the winter events in past seasons, which was just kind of nothing really there. Um, so I think it's definitely an opportunity for them. I'd love to see SRL come back um, in some capacity, even if it's just during a holiday event, you know, yeah. this year or next year. But it would be really interesting to see them bring that back. I think this year would make a lot of sense right before the next yeah. major expansion, because by the time that it's the holiday season, I mean, we're going to get a somewhat of an extended season with um the witch queen being pushed back so i think based on that it would make a lot of sense for them to maybe revive srl bring that back as the holiday event and uh i think that that would be pretty cool yeah that would actually be a really good uh cherry on top for for us um in the community to have that back you know that like you said it'll give us something give us something to do while we wait especially in the the December area season, yeah. you know. And Definitely and with all the new destinations that we have, I think that would make for some pretty interesting maps. <clears throat> oh yeah, man. So we still um, haven't uh, um we haven't gotten them well we uh, we have we haven't gotten a Europa map yet. Um we're still looking yeah, for that. You're right. <clears throat> you know, we need one of those. Um what else? Uh yeah, we definitely need a Europa map. We haven't gotten that. Um, what else can I think of that we haven't got? What map? Um, of course, we've gotten a moon map. we got two. I'd like to see maps come from things like the Prophecy Dungeon and yes. the Shattered Throne. I don't think we've had anything with those dungeons um, yeah. be recreated into a map form. And uh, I think that would but be really cool. Would be epic. Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be, be such cool, a pain. Man. Oh man. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh man, I can imagine. Same thing with Gambit. We haven't mm-hmm. gotten a Europa map for Gambit. We should. And, and then, I mean, with the Vault of Glass being back, oh, Venus, saying, man. they you can know. bring us something from Vogue in the form yeah. of the map. I think that would be pretty cool. There was a couple of Venus maps back in Destiny 1. There were, yes, but mm-hmm. we don't have like anything that's based on Vault of Glass exactly. environment specifically, and I think that would be kind of cool for them to make a map based on that. I agree. I definitely agree. You know, they, they can, they're creative. They definitely could bring, you know, some flair to a couple of maps and stuff like that. You know, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah, they, uh, they, you know, they have a lot of stuff that they can possibly do, especially. I'm hoping to see season 15, you know, add some some love to uh, the PvP community because they are lacking hard right now. Yeah, they, PvP needs a lot of love in the game. And um, I don't know what specifically will fix it. Um, I think it's going to be... A road getting there. I don't think it's something they can necessarily address right away. Mm-hmm. 
I think they are conscious of the fact that PvP needs more. I wouldn't doubt if they brought one new Crucible map in Season 15 at the very least. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Um, because, again, I mean, they need something, right? Even if they bring back an old Crucible map back, maybe like First Light or something like that. Yeah, um, something. That would be kind of cool. But... Mm -hmm. Overall, I do think that in the Witch Queen, we're gonna have to get some crucible maps. And I it's think gonna have to be at least two or three, maybe. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought four maps based on the fact that we haven't had a new map in like yeah, five hundred plus days. I mean, it's been a minute, and I think that the crucible community needs something to really inject excitement into the game because yeah. a lot of people are getting bored and they're playing other games and i mean especially the pvp community i feel like there's so many issues that mm -hmm. bungie needs to work on resolving yeah and i think they're conscious of that they will get there but it can't happen overnight it's not going to happen no. overnight and so I don't see it happening in season 15 either mm -hmm. in, in a meaningful way, at least. Yeah, if they do bring a new map in season 15, I'll be shocked. But, you know, uh, you know, I think we'll get one map, you know, uh, but I don't think we're going to get more than one map next season. I think that if anything, we'll get one map next season and three during Witch Queen. Yeah. Or we'll get four maps in the witch in the witch queen and nothing in season 15 yeah yeah i mean that that'll be fair i mean you know even if we can get one in season 15 and a three or four in uh witch queen out that'll be good because at least they you know at least they 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 put a little nod to yeah we're listening we see stuff we here's here's something and here's some weapons that you can chase you know i think the pvp community will be at least They'll calm down a little bit from what they have been um, lately uh, if they decide to actually go ahead and put some uh, some new things into the mix so for them. We we talked about Osiris pretty much being possessed by Sabathun and yeah. everything kind of coming to a climax at the end of the season. Do you think that there's a possibility that Trials will be going away? next season season 15 because of the uh, fact that osiris is being something might happen to him or, or you know do you think that's a possibility and they might decide you know what we're gonna we're gonna osiris. take some time to really get this done right because right now i mean it's it's problematic um i would think what i think i mean because right now we know that same 14 is kind of like uh coaching the uh trials of osiris playlist yeah so that's true he's kind of watching over it um i don't know i think he's still gonna do i think i think it's still gonna be around i do think that they're probably gonna tweak some things especially because we know how the playlist is right now it is problematic because you have what i call gatekeepers um in trials yeah and they're kind of spoiling the fun. Now they did talk about a solo like um, trial. Yeah, they did playlist. a yeah. solo playlist. You're right. Yeah, 
I think so, with that, it's going to actually get a lot of casual people to join in and play yeah. it. Um, and that will probably the trials of Saint Fourteen? Question mark? Maybe impossible. <laughs> we'll see, right? <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to change something about it at the very least. I think so. Yeah. Um, but but no, I think you're right. I don't think they're going to just take a break because I mean they can they afford it especially with the yeah, state of the right. crucible right now i don't know um i do think that they have to work on their security systems to ensure that you don't have bots that's true going rampant especially once crossplay gets introduced they're gonna have to do something do you yes. think that dedicated servers are going to happen at any point possibly either before lightfall or after i would think before i, I mean let's see because there is a between dlc expansion i think yeah. probably that in between expansion they might decide to say okay hey listen we're gonna we're gonna try a beta test for dedicated servers um and see if it works and um uh, because we all know once we get to next season you know, there's the problem. There's problems that's going to come. You know, especially with uh, crossplay. Now they did mention when it came to PvP, as, as far as crossplay, console people can do so at their own risk by going to uh, PC servers if they're invited. Uh, you know, at least that's an option, which is great. Um, but. I don't know how it will really affect because I do know um, when PC people, I remember, you remember when that beta, the crossplay beta came out with Strikes? Yes, I remember that. Yeah, the console people was way behind and like literally the people who were playing on P PC, they were already like in the game doing their thing. Um, but uh, I mean, it works, it works smoothly. So far, I think it'll be cool. It's going to be very interesting because they're going to change the entire roster uh, design. They already made some tweaks to it, but they're probably going to change the roster design. And then uh, that's when they're going to, that's when the companion app is going to finally re-enable the, uh, the uh, uh, matchmaking type of thing when it comes to uh, the LFG because they've been yeah. waiting for play. So once that's yeah, I think you're right. That you know they'll you'll be able to see the markers for people because now they got the little icons um, on the roster. If you're PlayStation, Xbox, or PC or Stadia, so. I saw that. I saw that they're getting ready for crossplay. Yeah. It's coming, it's and coming. Uh, I'm I'm excited for it because I mean, again, it's going to be really cool to play wherever you want and still be able to play with your friends. I think it's just going to create more possibilities with people being able to play the game together. Um, yeah. It's going kind of, <laughs> yeah, to be kind of interesting to see how they address the whole issue. Like, if you have this content, your friend doesn't, but I think it's just going to block off whatever access is to whatever activity. Um, I think destinations are going to continue to be free to so. allow for that system to exist where they can pretty much you know put certain content behind a paywall mm -hmm. like certain activities yeah. um I agree. but um 
I think they will continue with the free-to-play model that they have had in Crucible along with um, the New Light story that they introduced. And we got to think about it. I do hope that they do a clan roster expansion. Um, Yeah, they really do need to do that. They need to make clans a a little bit more meaningful and, you know, they need to create that is worth being a part of a clan beyond just, oh, I'm going to get these drops from Hawthorne. Mm-hmm. Great. Clan- but like, <laughs> where, where are the clan battles, right? We Not had that yet. in Call of Duty. We had clan wars, right? Uh-huh. Where are clan wars in the game? I think that there's so many missed opportunities that yeah, Bungie hasn't really explored, and I really hope they do because these could bring That's for some awesome. really fun gameplay. Clan Wars, man, that's going to be, that's that's lit. I mean, think about it. That would literally take a game that is your, you know, weekly game that you play on a Tuesday because you have new expunge missions and you can do the raid three times a week and do the nightfalls to there's more stuff to do. Yeah. You know, and maybe bring that back on the weekends, right? Like clan, clan wars starts on Friday evening and it goes until like Monday. Exactly. But that would give us something to do if you're not a trials player, because I think that's the problem, right? The only thing that we have on the weekend is trials, but trials is kind of the, the thing that only a very small group of people will really experience and play or achieve anything in right most of us go flawless a handful of times Uh you know and i think that they need something to really allow for more people to just get in and play and have fun and make clans more meaningful in the game because right now there are, they I feel are. like, <laughs> you know, there, there's not enough there. And I think they have a lot of potential that's completely uh, missed with the current system that we have. I agree. I definitely agree with you on that one. It's like having a, like you said, having a clan hub. You know, you see some uh, games, you know, even RPG games, stuff like that. If you have a clan, they have a clan actual hub that you can, uh, uh, like, uh, it's kind of like a, uh, a little tower clubhouse that you can fast travel in. You yeah. Know, you can see your clan mates there and they can get bounties and stuff. That's a cool idea, like a clan tower where it's like yeah. only your clan. Yeah, that would mm-hmm. be kind of cool. You can get I'd your love bounties. to see something like that. Mm-hmm. And an Eververse type of robot station, stuff like that, you know, where you can have an... Uh, you know, you can do different things like that. I think that would be really cool to have instead of just always going to the tower, you have your hub, you know, and you do, you have to do certain things and just, you have an actual vendor there who like, if you do things to level up as a clan, you can unlock different perks for your hub. You know, I think, I think, I think it would be really cool if they maybe, introduced some type of a challenge where two clans can compete against each other for example like speed running the raids who can get the raid done faster you have exactly. two groups that go in 
uh, two groups of six, right? And then mm-hmm. you're both competing to see who can get certain objectives done in the raid or who can finish it quicker. Something that adds really unique element that makes being part of a clan feel a little bit more meaningful. And what if it would be like on some some uh, uh, like a gambit tip? You know, like you know how gambit is. One side is over here, one side is over here, and throughout the raid, somebody can invade your side and kind of mess up some things for you. That would actually be cool. Like, see, but I, I think they already have that, right? They already have gambit in the form that it's in. Mm-hmm. So, I I think that would feel a bit too same gambity. Yeah, I mean, we already have Gambit, and we've had Gambit for quite some time, and they had to tone it down because we had two versions of Gambit, and now it's yeah. just Gambit Classic or whatever they call it. Yeah. Um, so, like, I think it would be really cool, perhaps, if there was, like, this uh, space where you have PvP and PvP that exists in the game. I think the division with the dark zone. I think that was kind of cool. Mm -hmm. And if Bungie can implement something more like that, then yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that would make it feel more like uh, an experience. that's more of a fusion rather than what we have currently where, Oh, you can invade occasionally. Cause right now I think one the whole invasion system, it's poorly balanced where I almost feel like if you're invading, <laughs> like it's easy. You're just killing everybody, right? Yeah. But if you're being invaded, your enemy is a bullet sponge. Like it's so just, I don't know, like they... They need some working. They need it needs more. Like, like it lacks depth. I mean, I think Gambit is a fun activity for what it is. Mm-hmm but I definitely don't think it like changed the game in a way that they wanted, wanted it to, it to mm-hmm. or hyped it up to be. I agree. I definitely agree. I mean, I love, I love Gambit for what it is. I definitely love it um, for what it is that, you know, but I, I feel like there's not really much to chase in Gambit. We need more Gambit never, maps. You know, we need yeah, more we Gambit can. maps. We need more pursuits in Gambit. I mean, they can make Gambit really fun because I think as an activity, especially this season when they really made a lot of changes to it, instead of having two rounds, it's one. Yeah. A lot of these things made it more fun, and I think it's better balanced, but at the same time... There's just nothing... It, well, first off, what are we what are we chasing after? <laughs> That's true. Like, why am I playing Gambit? Besides, oh, I gotta reach this light level, so I'm gonna do my pinnacles. Like, why else are we playing Gambit? I already have the Dredgen title, so I'm not yep. trying to get that. Why am I playing it? And I think That's the answer that Bungie needs to come up with. And I think this is something they need to come up with across the board if anything i think it probably needs the least amount in nightfalls i will give them um yeah some props and respect for bringing a little bit more into nightfalls but the way they yeah. did it is by bringing back a weapon 
back in mm-hmm. Shadow Price, the plug one. Um, one they did chase those. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I, I do like. I mean, be, but that's yeah. because Shadow Price and um, Hung Jury and Plug One. These are weapons from D One that, to me, it's like shit. Like I miss those weapons. They yeah. were special, so I want to get those weapons, and I do want to get the good rolls on them. So that's why I play nightfalls and i'm excited to play grandmaster nightfalls Mm -hmm. but once you get those weapons once you get the god roll what else is there there's nothing else there and i think that you know as a game yeah they say it's and it's you know it's a game that you want for it to be more of my hobby that i play not only once a week so there needs to be a reason to come back more frequently do you miss the skeleton key? You remember back in the day where you got loot specific, like um, a armor piece or something like like a class item that you can only get. You know, of course you'll get the weapon for the week, and then you have like uh, a, a raid, but I mean a vanguard uh, cloak specific um, strike. So. You know, class item. I'm not a huge fan of skeleton keys, and th- and let me let me explain why. Mm-hmm. I feel like a game should not expect of you to go through a challenging activity, mm-hmm. then to not reward you because you don't have a key. Yeah, it just it just feels bad, right? Like mm-hmm. to run an activity and to not get anything in return for it. Uh, I just don't think that's a good way to do it. I understand the intentions behind it. I totally do get that. And I think there is a way for you to create an experience where you're far, you're, you know, you're going around a destination farming for whatever, but I don't think the answer is to make you chase after keys to then have the opportunity to play a very difficult activities to then use those keys to unlock it because you're going to get to a point where you don't have any keys. Then yeah. what? Then you're just yeah. playing it for no reason. Like that's kind of dumb. You yeah. know, <laughs> and it breaks, it breaks the immersion because I've been there. Like, and yeah. it's like, Oh, my friend wants to play this, but I don't have any skeleton keys, but we want to play. So I'm just going to play and mm-hmm. you end up playing for like an hour or two hours and you don't get shit. And it's like, well, it's this true. sucks. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's not ideal in my opinion. So I really I hope agree. they don't bring back skeleton keys in the way that they were in the game then. However, I do think there are opportunities mm-hmm. in addition to getting the drop from whatever. If you can also get skeleton keys that much like how you have with the raid where you get these um uh, what is it, what are what are they called um spoils spoils of yeah. conquest where in addition to farming the activity you have a vendor where you collect these like skeleton keys for example and then yeah. you can go and try to get a random roll for whatever weapon you're chasing after i think that's where skeleton keys actually potentially have a place where it's like in addition to the drops that I'm getting, I have the opportunity to get the role that I really want. And I think that would create more replayability, wouldn't it? I think so. Yeah. That actually would be really good. Getting a chance to collect 
you know, a scanner scan, you can actually check what you can roll the dice for a random roll of that weapon that you want. I think that would be really good if they implement it like that. Yeah, Um, I think that would that would very much uh, make the experience better mm -hmm. uh, for players and it would encourage people to continue playing the game. I also think, too, why don't they at least give you a masterworked piece of armor if you're going to do a Grandmaster Nightfall or at least a Master Nightfall, you should be rewarded with just one piece of armor or one weapon that's already come Master. So I can I can see them not doing that for Master Nightfalls because I think in doing so it almost becomes a little too easy where it's like, well, what's the point of playing Grandmasters? But I do think that with the Grandmaster Nightfalls, they should, you know, Mm -hmm. give you some type of guarantee protection because these are very, very difficult pinnacle activities. And I'm not expecting a God roll every time I play a Grandmaster Nightfall, but Mm -hmm. at the very least, give me a better chance at getting those right and maybe the answer is luster you know yeah and maybe the answer is if you play the grandmaster nightfall the first weapon drop that you get per week has a guaranteed x perk whether it be firefly or whatever so that way you have a better probability of getting what you want right Mm -hmm. i don't think the problem necessarily is does this come masterworked or not? Because at the, at the end of the day, if you play the game, you yeah. can masterwork whatever you get. It, you know what I mean? It's not going to really make a difference. It's not like most people don't have enough um, materials to masterwork. I don't think that's right. the issue that the majority of players are having. I think that the problem that we're having is that the RNG kind of sucks, right? Where your chance of getting whatever with certain perks it's unrealistically difficult it really is man so i think that's where they can really fine-tune and improve upon in addition to maybe add some extra you know perks that you can get for doing grandmaster versions of whatever and they do have adept weapons with adept perks so i think that's kind of it i guess yeah um so it's going to be interesting to see how that changes next season because correct me if i'm wrong but but uh, the community managers did mention that there were some quality of life changes coming to nightfalls beyond what we already got with uh, last week's what weekly update yeah yeah that that was last week they mentioned that that's actually going to be interesting um I wonder what they will add. Are they going to target the Grandmaster? Say, hey, we felt like we um, are lacking in especially the loot, the rewards, and we wanted to add something to spice it up. They could possibly do that. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting. For sure. No, absolutely. But, I mean... It's it's interesting. I like, yeah, I feel it's like... Interesting. Uh, I feel like strikes are in a good way. They're in a good, they're in a better place than they were. I mean, they're in a better place than most other activities in the game. You know, yeah. I mean, and what's what's there to play right now? We have the expunge missions each week. We have yep. the Vault of Glass raid. That's 
kind of getting to a point now where it's like, well, pretty soon <laughs> everybody's going to have that Fate Breaker title. Yeah. Right? And the double drops that they're introducing with the challenges, it's like, okay, cool. I'm but like, here's the problem with that. After you do the challenge once and you, you unlock the triumph for it, mm-hmm. what is the point unless you're chasing after drops? Most yeah. people by this point are not chasing after drops. Exactly. Maybe Vex Mythoclast. Yes. But you're not going to get a Vex Mythoclast from any other activity besides Atheon. That's the exactly. only activity that will drop the Vex. So the double drops doesn't really do anything to entice you that much. I think it's great that they're introducing these challenges, but I think there needs to be more. Right. And I really versions of the raid give us a more of a reason to go back and play it and, and acquire all of these things. It sounds to me like these things are going to be cosmetic, though. They're not going to have any actual benefits in-game in terms of perks or anything like that. Aren't they going to be like time-loss versions of the weapons? Like, kind of like adept? Yes, yes. So they're going to have timeless versions, but that's only cosmetic. That doesn't doesn't impact anything Mm in-game. Yesterday, yeah. Right. Yeah. So based on how difficult these things are. Mm-hmm. What's the incentive? You know, I don't know. I don't know if everybody is going to do it. And plus, it's kind of a, I don't know. I wish there was more. I wish, yeah. but I always wish there was more because I love yeah. the game and I just want more. Um I will play the master, you know, raid because the yeah. vault of glass is my favorite raid. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to give me something to do, but I do wish yeah. that there was more. Yeah. You know, I think, imagine I think if we like got empty. secrets from the vault of glass by collecting different um, pieces. Well, they kind of have that, but have it there's bit. no lore in that. Right, you yeah. have to collect like fifteen or twenty things. It's it's more like check mark. You have to check off whatever you the pieces you collected. But I think they could add lore behind it and True. give you like really cool shaders. And that's where I feel like cosmetics belong, not necessarily as your timeless versions of the of the weapons, like. They can. They could have done better with that. I feel like. I agree. I definitely agree with you on that one. You know, you know, just trying to see what they do um, when it comes to that. Um, same thing with um, you know, I would think they would. What I would do is put a depth weapons. Of course, the depth time loss weapons. Of course, they got a ship that you can get. Yeah, that's cool. And then like put like you know, have ornaments for the armor set that you like, that you, that you have for the raid. So that, cause you remember when they uh, did, uh, what was it? Uh, they kind of redid uh, some of the loot in um, 
the vault of glass back in Destiny One, and they added those uh, those ornaments. That was really cool. Uh, they should do yeah. something like that. That. Are you talking about during the Age of Triumph? I think um, I think we broke up. Hello. I can hear you now. Hello. Sorry about that. Yeah. So are you talking about the Age of Triumph? Is that what you're yeah. talking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I remember that, of course. That was probably my favorite in-between time in Destiny. Well, mm -hmm. this season is pretty cool. But if you think about it, they really over-delivered in Age of Triumph in the big way. And that content was free. If you had Rise of Iron, you got access to all of that. Facts. That's true. So I think that was kind of cool. Yeah, them having that, that was like a, a icing on top. Yeah. But I think they realized it was unsustainable for them to really work on creating all this content and not getting paid. You know, I, I think that it became unsustainable for them. I genuinely think that as a developer, they have very good intentions, but I think they also realize it's a business and they have to also make money to support the teams that build the game. Um, exactly. So that's where the game is at. I, I don't think that anybody at Bungie has intentions of screwing the players or giving us an experience that's, that's less than what will make everybody happy. I just think that there are challenges that come in the way of doing that and mm -hmm. they have to make tough decisions like do we give you pve or pvp you know with yeah. new content i mean they had to make some tough choices and here we are i think that it sucks that we haven't had a new crucible map in 500 days i think it's also a consequence of pvp being free to play right because if you're yeah. not generating money, like whoever is making decisions at Bungie, I'm assuming Pete Parsons and the leadership team there, they have to make very difficult decisions. Yeah, exactly. And we may not understand it because we're on the other side. We play the game. We don't know how everything is functioning as a business, but something prevented them from bringing us crucible maps i don't think it's a fact they didn't want to do it i think that they couldn't do it they just couldn't do it at the time resources you yeah know, it goes back to the resources thing um you know at, at the end of the day you know yes do we want them absolutely we can't wait for them to get here yeah we want them and it sucks but the way that you ask for them is not to be toxic and to abuse the developers and to call them names and to like be toxic about it. There's a way to go about it. There's a way to go about with expressing that you're not happy with something and you do so in a respectful way, because at the end of the day, I mean, if you think about value per dollar, 
I think destiny is the ultimate value in entertainment. Like, what are you paying? You're paying $70 a year to play a year's worth of content. Absolutely. That's that's less than one month of a cable bill, literally. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Like, your cell phone bill can be higher than that. Exactly. You know, in exactly. one month. And you're paying for 12 months worth of content to support the people who are working so hard to create incredible games from the music, from the art design to the shooting mechanics to the gameplay. I don't think there's any other game where the guns feel so special. I can go play any other game, Call of Duty, Fortnite, Apex, whatever. Nothing touches Destiny when it comes to shooting gameplay and the richness of the worlds that they build. So we could be very critical and we can want more, but at the end of the day, we just want for an amazing game to be bigger. Absolutely. And more. And we're getting there every week, every month. You know, I think the developers are working very hard to yeah. bring us the best version of Destiny that we can have. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 we're seeing it. We're seeing it in live action, guys. You know, and like I said, yes, everywhere has frustrations, like you said. You know, but at the end of the day, they're doing a lot of really good things, and I, I think uh, that they should be applauded for that. And and I challenge everybody who listens to this, wherever you are in the world, you know, if you have a Twitter account, just do a hashtag. Thank you, Bungie, because they are listening. They hear you and they appreciate when you say nice things and it really brightens up somebody's day at Bungie to know that people love the game, that people care, that amongst all of the toxicity that exists there are people who love the game and want for the franchise to be successful and that motivates them to give us more um so i i think that it's an important thing to do and we don't do it enough you know we don't say thank you enough um and i think that with this being the 30th anniversary of bungie being as a company I think it's a great time to give them that reminder and say thank you. Yeah, it's time to give. It's time for us as a community to give back, guys. Definitely remember, starting starting today. Let's let's make that a trend. Hashtag thank you, Bungie. Start putting it on your Twitter accounts. They're gonna see it. You're ready for Destiny, whatever it is. Put it in there. Show your show your love for Destiny, and Bungie. You know. They they worked so hard to give you the, the seven years of great content. The least we can do is say thank you. Yeah, and you never know who might see it and who might like it and who might appreciate it. And, you know, you might brighten somebody's day by doing that. And um, it's it's something that I think that we should all do a little bit more of, including myself. Absolutely. You are absolutely correct. And on that note, man, it's been a it's been a it's a great podcast, man. Definitely. Oh, great I can podcast. podcast. I can podcast. I told you. Oh yeah, 
I see it, and it's it's you're amazing at it, man. Definitely, uh, and I appreciate you for coming through. You know, and it's definitely an honor to get you on the show. We definitely got to do and this. It's a, some it's a more. pleasure to be on. Absolutely, and I, I know you got a big workload ahead of you as well. But hey, man, you're always welcome here on the Last City Radio. Always. Thank yeah. you so much. I appreciate that. And and congrats on everything that you're doing. You know, you're doing great things with your podcast. You've been doing it for what, uh, 30 some episodes, right? Yeah, we're at third. This is number 35 of the Destiny Day. But Dude, that's crazy. Total, that's amazing. Yeah, my total 100 and something I've done for all, like just total from, you know, Destiny Day, then Roundtable, if I add them all together. Oh, dude, that's amazing. You're like, you passed me. Like, that's crazy. That's <laughs> awesome. That's so cool. Um, yeah, keep pushing. Keep doing great things. Um, ask questions. Don't be afraid to Absolutely. reach out for help. Uh, the community is really great. And yeah, man. don't give up. Don't give up. Keep Keep pushing. Yeah, keep creating awesome content and talking about the game that we love and trying to spread positivity in this community. And uh, we, we need it. We, we have a lot of great things ahead of us. We talked about a lot of cool things. And uh, I'm excited for the future of Destiny. And again, thank you, Bungie, for everything that you've done for us. Thank you for Destiny. Absolutely. Thank you for seven years of amazing, amazing, amazing games and friendships and expansions and memories that we will never forget yeah absolutely absolutely thank you bungie for everything and uh it, it's amazing man it you know we as this community grows there's always going to be new lights there and new experiences you know a person a person who came to destiny 2 they've never played destiny 1 D destiny 2 is their destiny 1 you know, and their shine is here. And and we always have to remember that as veterans as well, you know. The new guy, this is new to them. This is their fresh experience. Excited to get a chance to there's they're just in awe at all of you know, Destiny has to offer and it's cool. Um to get a chance to see them experience that like we have. So, you know, it, it it's fun to get a chance to, and hopefully soon, you know, we'll be able to get a chance to go back to uh, the GCX and we all get to meet and have a really cool round table, you know. Definitely. I'm, I'm excited for that. Looking forward to it. And um, yeah. yeah, definitely keep in touch. Uh, I will be at GCX next year for sure. I actually Absolutely. live 30 minutes away, so it's very easy for me to attend at the moment uh so hopefully next year we can all come together and oh yeah man and it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time i i know it and uh, so many great people in this community uh who are doing so many great things and again thank yeah. you for having me on the show we had some really awesome conversations and it's a blast and guess what i don't have to edit so man this is yeah, so cool you're good um <laughs> it, it's amazing man I, I really appreciate you jumping on and uh you know just the amazing mind that you have you know intellect you're such a you're a very smart guy a really good 
dude. Um, very positive. I really love that energy that you have. And hey, listen, in the future, it might be, you know, we'll probably be on your show. Me yeah, and my absolutely. Guy doing, a, doing a really good show. We're I definitely going to make that happen. Oh, yeah. Especially, um, I do want to book a show where you're on and we have a couple other guys probably like around near which queen is about to uh, um, go live. I definitely want to get your take. And I, I got another guy uh, from the Paracausal uh, podcast. He's really good. Uh, the Paracasual. He- yeah. No, let's let's do it. I'm I'm all for it. I love talking about Destiny. I love meeting other content creators, and uh, I enjoy talking about this game. And it's always always a pleasure. And I'm always down for a good Destiny conversation with some great guardians. Absolutely, man. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. I really uh I really enjoy. It. And like I said, Witch Queen, we're gonna have a big discussion about that. Um, it's going to be awesome and I can't wait. We definitely got to have you on that show for that. Like the, uh, the, the, I would say, what is it? Like the week of week before on launch, we, we definitely got to have a big show on that one. Well, we'll definitely make it happen. Just as long as we can make sure it's not Thursdays at seven, we'll be good to go. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. We, we might have that. a conflict, uh, but as long as it's not on <laughs> Thursday at seven, we're going to be good. It'll uh, be Saturday I'm, night. I'm excited. Oh man, Saturday nights are perfect. Absolutely. You can count me in. That's Sign me up right now. Day. I'm always down. We got you, man. We're gonna make sure that, that happened and then uh you get a chance to uh especially meet a lot of my core hosts. Uh they're really passionate about the game too. Um, so it's gonna be fun. And then getting you on to some uh all things gaming episodes as well, man. We get to talk some talk about some e3 stuff some up and coming games and stuff like that and just have a blast man oh yeah absolutely i'm a pretty big nintendo fan so i have a lot of games that i can just talk about for days um that's good that you so say you're a nintendo fan definitely. because um and uh i do want to i'm i'm trying to resurrect my nintendo day again i definitely want to do that um, cause Nintendo's got a lot of stuff coming up and I was like, man, I need to find another co-host that I can do that with. So keeping out, I would keep you informed on that. Cause I definitely awesome. want to get that done. Awesome. Uh, Looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, feel free to reach out. If you have any questions with podcasting or anything else, don't be a stranger. My DMS are always open and, um, best of luck to you. Keep on pushing, keep on creating content always get better, always do great things. And thank you, Bungie. Thank you. Thank you, Bungie. And also, uh, where can they find you? So that way we can get um, get that plug in. The floor is yours. What you got? So the Destiny Show podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also type in destiny podcast in google or type in the destiny show will come up all the way at the top uh, you can find us on apple we're on spotify we're on apple podcasts um amazon podcasts um google pretty much any any platform where you listen we're also live on twitch every thursday night at 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific twitch.tv slash the destiny show 
You can find us on Twitter at The Destiny Show. You can find us on Instagram at Destiny Show POD. And in the future, you'll be able to find us on TikTok at Destiny Show POD. We also have a website at destinyshow.com. And we have a growing Destiny Discord community. And if you type in thedestinycommunity.com, you'll find us right there. So lots of places where you can find The Destiny Show. I'm also on Twitter at my personal account at OMG Cornholio. Um, however, um, you can find me on Twitter mostly uh, tweeting and sharing stuff and um, you can find different episode updates and our upcoming guest lineup. We're going to actually have Guardian Radio on July 9th on the podcast. I'm extremely honored and grateful to be able to have that episode. Um, and um, I hope you all can check it out. And thank you for having me on. Thank you. Thank you. And also, V. Carlisle Gaming, your host with the most. Um, the last city radio will always be back again on the Destiny Day show. And we're also going to try to go ahead and if everyone's ready, we're going to do a little recap on Sunday, talking about uh, E3 and just doing a little bit of recap with the guys. And uh, we're going to get some good thoughts on that. So uh, see you Sunday. We'll be same time. So P. Carlo Gaming, and I am out. Have a wonderful week. Good night, everyone.